Rhodium Radio. No sad podcast. Rhodium Radio. No sad podcast. In the shitty city of Wilmington, we keep it rocking. So come on, shake, shake it for me, Kelly. Yeah. Dr. Dre is in full effect, and I gotta tell y'all a little something. Easy E is down with us. MC Ring, you know he's down with us. DJ Yella is down with us. Arabian Prince, you know he's down with us. Tony A. The Wizard is down with us. JJ Fag is down with us. Timmy T, you know he's down with us. DJ Poo Boy is down with us. Toddy B and Spade, they're down with us My boy Ice Cube, you know he's down with us I like to mention, so pay attention to where I'm from Compton, but the tapes are from the rodeum My name is Dre, listen while I play And by the way, I'm also down with NWA Yo, Steve at the rodeum is down with us Slangin' funky tapes, it is a must We're number one Welcome back, everybody, to Rodian Radio, episode 63, and I am your host, Tony A. The Wizard, with the podcast that slaps your culture fat ass with a fat dick. Uh, and before I introduce my special guest, let me go ahead and give a special announcements. People have been hitting me up about the CDs. Uh, they should be pressed up and possibly ready to go this week, so I'll have about nine different CDs. I'll be releasing my old-school scandalous album that I produced for High C back in 1990, and it was released in 1991. That's coming out and all four of my old school mixtapes. Of course, there's more, but I'm only releasing eight at a time. Other than that, the Rhodium Mixtape Documentary, once again, at Documentary.com. You can watch it now. Um, that's been doing really, really well. Thanks to everybody that has supported. And you can use the promo code TRMD20 to get 20% off. As a matter of fact, uh, we were just in Santa Maria chilling with my boy Dominator. Thank you for your hospitality. And uh, we watched it over there. We watched our own shit. That's pretty crazy, huh? And I enjoyed it. I mean, I could barely wait and see what I directed. It was that good. Um, other than that, um, what else do we have, Johnny Boy? Oh, the Chicano Rap Documentary donation. So those of you that have contributed, once again, thank you. Your dolls have been sent out, the Night Out dolls. And uh, for those that still haven't given, if you want to be a part of something that I believe is going to be great, Go ahead and go to the, my bio on Instagram, Facebook, or on the description of this channel, and you should go see. Uh, it'll take you to the GoFundMe there. Uh, if you want to give a dollar, cool. You want to give five dollars, cool. You want to give a hundred, cool. Uh, I greatly appreciate it, and we're almost at ten thousand. Our goal was fifteen thousand, which really, it really is nothing. But other than that, uh, without further ado, please allow me to introduce my very first special guest tonight, Rodium. Uh, I said River on Rodium Radio, AI. From the LP. Hey, man. What's up? Honored to be here, first and foremost, man. I'm glad to be here at the Rodium Radio with my boy, Tony, man. Um, I don't know. Coming, I'm, just, I'm just excited, man. You know, I know you're a producer, and, um, you know, I've seen your, your resume of work, you know, and as a producer, I can only admire and thank you just for um, laying down that foundation, man. I was, I was checking out some of the records today, chilling in the park and all that. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I remember my cousin Oski used to bump these crazy... Um, so yeah, man, it's an honor being here, man. It thank really you. is. As a producer, it's an honor being here. Man. Well, thank you for um, coming and chilling with me. And uh, I see you got your Michelada. You got a couple of modelos. You're ready. 
Um, you know what I wanted to ask you before we get into yes. it and before we get into a little bit of your mm -hmm. history? Um, I know crazy shit has been going on. Uh, we could talk about it, but you know what? People can see it on social media. People can see it on the news. So as of right now, we're not even going to entertain that. Right. But I want to talk about you. You seen anything good lately on TV, man? No. No. I mean, everything is looting. Everything is... Very to be honest, you know, TV wise, I, I really to be honest, I, I really just mess with Netflix, okay, Hulu, and and different programs. I really don't like to go into the news and Pornhub, anything. Ah, Pornhub's only when um <laughs> when the you know when the wife's kind of mad at me, but right, like, right. but um you know what, just uh, just too much negativity, man. To be honest with you, man, to, for for you know, I only I only listen to what I've always been told. What really concerns me, okay, and looting and all that really doesn't concern me because that's an act that people are choosing to do. Where we could really be peacefully doing these things. So, other than hearing uh, the governor Newsom in regards to the updates for the COVID, other than that, nah, I'm not really listening to the TV, man. Okay, okay. Uh, you know, there's a new uh, documentary on Netflix for uh, about that guy Harvey yeah. Epstein or whatever. Uh, you haven't seen it? No, no, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I'm gonna see it tonight. Now, okay. like you tell me about this. Um, but I heard about his actions and things yeah. in Hollywood and. Yeah. A lot of the sick stuff that he used to do, but I mean, did you watch it yourself? You know what? I've seen an episode, a special they had on 60 Minutes about his ass, and uh, um, you know, somebody went in there and smoked his ass. That you know, and for the guards to be able to say we went to lunch or we were asleep, and then somehow the cameras weren't working and nobody saw nothing, bullshit. You're in a federal pen. Bullshit. Like it's bullshit, homie. Somebody walked in there, lo mataron. That's exactly. It. Everything's microscopes there. I mean, you, you can't just oh well. This no. I'm gonna see that now. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah I, I'm did. gonna see all that. So yeah, where it goes into detail on that. Yeah, it goes into okay. detail, and they actually even showed uh, pictures on 60 Minutes of his neck of strangulation, and then supposedly the the noose that made it it had no residue, had no blood, it had no sweat. On it, but they left it there. I guess it was all bullshit. But I want to see what Netflix has to say. I heard okay. it was really good. I'm gonna check uh, it out. Uh, are you a Matrix fan? Yes, I am. Yes, you know Neo. they just did a part four. Same, same character, same everything. Everything, bro. <gasps> everything. I mean, I, okay. To me, people say, "Oh, really?" I'll to be me, an actor right now. Yeah. See, that, that's what <laughs> I want to see. I even play the video game. Yeah, for real. Matrix on on PlayStation Two. Yeah, yeah. Okay. With Neo in there with the bullets flying and hell yeah. Can you Man. do that again? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but yeah, no, nah, I'm, I'm a Matrix fan. I'm a Matrix nerd. I, I definitely like that. What about John Wick? Yes. I haven't seen part three yet. I haven't seen part three yet, but I'm going to get to that one so hopefully soon because there's a website I'll be watching them on, but I'm not going to say anything now, but uh, I got to watch that one. Yeah, so John, John Wick is dope. Uh, Last Blood, Rambo. Uh, yeah. It was more like that movie Taken. Remember that movie Taken with yeah, Liam yeah, Nielsen? Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like that because usually Rambo is, is somehow usually has something to do with military. Yeah, yeah. This had more to do with like the Mexican cartel in Mexico mm. and he fucking takes them all out. Okay. Crazy. It's just a movie. It ain't fucking reality. But if you want to get excited and see how motherfuckers get smoked, that's a good movie. What is that one? Okay. You know, okay. John Wick would have tipped his hat off to Rambo because the way he was killing motherfuckers. He was doing it, huh? Dude, he, look, look, when do we ever see fucking Rambo <laughs> shove his hand in somebody's fucking chest and rip out the heart and show it to him? <laughs> That's hard. Damn, I that haven't seen that since Mortal Kombat, to be honest. Yeah, you. exactly. <laughs> Finish him. Remember that? Finish him. So. Yeah, I haven't seen that since then. But, man, Rambo Holly's that guy. 65? I think, no, hell no. He's like 80-something. He's still pushing, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah Jesus Christ, shout out to Stallone, man. He's been one of, I think, all of our heroes. Jean-Claude Van Damme, Stallone, so, uh, who else? Uh, Clint Eastwood. Uh, Clint Eastwood, Arnold, Chuck Norris, um, Wesley Snipes. 
But now, out of all those guys you mentioned, yeah, who would be one guy if you haven't that you would like to meet? I always say Stallone. So Stallone. I just want to meet Stallone. I mean, it's, it, it, I mean, just the movies that he's creating after the fact. Like he did that one um, where he brought back all the all the guys. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What's yeah. it called? Um, Expendables. That shit was hard. Every single guy that you can possibly think of that was like a superhero back then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, into a movie, so I just kind of want to pick his brain a little bit about you know what is he thinking about when he's doing all these movies? Because just like Mel Gibson, he became a, a great director. Um, uh, Adam Sandler. Another great director. Yeah. These guys are just great directors. Stallone, another great director. So I kind of want to pick his brain a little bit about, you know, what did he do post-acting and right, right. how did he find that motivation to keep going right. with, with one of the right scripts and stuff like that. So Me, it'll probably have to be Clint Eastwood. That's who I, who I want to be. the mule. Yeah. You know, I just want to just want to quote some of the lines to, to yes. his ass, like, make my dick. You know, that type of shit. You know? Dirty Harry? <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, if there's one one guy that I would love to have dinner will be with him. Okay. I mean, I love this shit so much. I went, I drove up to Carmel where he was once a manager. I mean, a mayor. Why don't you manager? Mayor. <laughs> and I walked into a, a like a secondhand store in there. Okay. And they still had a button, uh, vote for clean sort for mayor. And I wow. bought that motherfucker. And I still have it. Wow. Yeah, so, so it was, this was what, back in the what? I think, it was, I want to say 90s. 90s, right? Yeah. Yeah. 90s. Because I wouldn't be able to think of a bigger icon than Clint Eastwood. I mean, for decade through decade yeah. through decade, I think he holds it down. I mean, Gran Torino directed great movies, but you're Gran right, Torino's 70s was just, too. yeah, Gran Torino was a great movie. And I think, what was the last movie, Unforgiven? Unforgiven? Well, no, it was The Mule. I no, think, no, but as far as oh, Western, oh, Western, 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 yeah, I think it was Unforgiven, yeah. yeah. But for Western, uh, you know, because that was his main thing, really. Remember Schofield Kid? No, no, the, no, the no, Schofield no, no. Kid, remember that? Uh, he, he shot somebody and he regretted it. And he, he was fucking getting drunk. Lisa took his bottle and he goes, oh. I think we have it coming. He goes, we all have it coming, kid. And it's true. Oh, shit. Yeah. Dope movie, man. You got to go back and watch game. it. You put me on game right now. Dude, that should gotta, be known. I watch a lot of fucking movies, bro. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. And I listen to a lot of music. And speaking about music, yeah. um, what type of music would you say at home you were raised with, whether your mom and your dad, what would they play? I love this. I love this. And I've been wanting to talk about this. Okay, so... I don't know. I'm, I, I, both of my parents are very romantic people, right? So am I, right? Because you, you know, you, I'm. Thank you. I'm romantic too, right? Even though sometimes romantic's a little tacky. So what? I don't care. It's all good. It's all good, right? So, <laughs> my dad used to listen to Temenarios, Bookies, you know, Yonis. A lot of what they consider oldies for the English now was oldies for the Spanish then. Yes. Right, so the musica romantica stuff like that, and just other more right. So, I have also a famous uncle from a grupo tiempo. Okay, right, and they are, they still perform out in Argentina and Costa Rica and all kinds of places. So he's still doing his thing. Shout out my tío. Mm -hmm. um, so if I were to position it, be both that music because they both like that. Now, right, my dad was also into like banda music, los, los, los huracanes del norte, los. Um, I mean, there's so many bands and theaters in Norte and, yes. and, and different stuff. So in the household, it was usually that kind of music, 60s, 70s, 80s music, those muecas and stuff like that, right? My dad's yes. a drummer. He's a singer, you know, so he did his thing too in music and stuff like that. So that's what he did. Mom, same thing. Now, transitioning outside of that, because I was always hanging around with my older cousins. I was yes. always that younger cousin. I want to kick it with the older cousins. Uh, a lot of stuff my mom wouldn't let me listen to, which was too short. Um, <laughs> uh, Public Enemy. Who, now, who introduced you to that type of music? Uh, my cousin Oscar. Okay. My cousin Oscar introduced me to that music. Believe it or not, my Teofelia, right? 
There you go, my brother. Go ahead. Oh, thank you, thank you. Ah, you're a little sweaty here, but um, uh, my Teofelia, shout out my Teofelia, because that was my my dad's sister, and she was a younger one. She was always the one that liked the cutia. Okay. Like, come here, me home. Don't trade it. I'll let you listen to her. Just don't tell him. I'll let you listen to it. <laughs> so she put me on, you know, Easy. You know what I'm saying? Too short. And I was like, man, this is hard. You know, I want to cuss too. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, you know, yeah. time parents weren't around, I closed the door, put my, f- back then it was a Fisher brand music stereo, right. put that up and boom, boom, F this, F that, you know, boom, boom. So I got into that. So outside influences really was funk music, rap. I really grew up heavy with the West Coast rap. Okay. Real heavy. I mean, chronic, DPG, you know, um, DJ Quick, um, and Banks, uh, Shepherdine music, you know, with uh, also Sugar Free. So a lot of that music that I grew up with, you know, we used to always cruise back then, you know, the Boulevard and stuff, Whittier, Santa Ana. There's music that was just popping back then, right? Yeah. So, so you know, household wise, there was a lot of Romantica music, a lot of Chente, Ramon Ayala, you know, the typical stuff you would listen to. Uh, but the outside of that, when I would go with my cousins or we'd go barbecue, I'd be my uncle. It always funk, rap. So a little variety of both because, you know, I'd stay with my mom a lot. But then I'd also stay at my cousin's house while my mom was at work. And, you know, you have those three, four hours that you spend with the family right. after school. And so, you know, a, a, little, a little bit of both. But I, I, I thank my family a lot because they were musically. That's just all they listen to is music. Okay. You know, that cleaning their cars and, you know, you know, all that barbecuing. And so, yeah. So that's how it would be. Uh, big, you come from a big family, a lot of brothers and sisters. Big family. Um, so on my mom's side, it's uh, between uncles and, you know, tias and tios is 10 total. Um, but after that, my cousins and all that had five to six babies. So okay. big amount of cousins, big right? And same thing with my, my, my dad's side. Uh, uh, two tias, excuse me, two tios, two tias. But they all had big families, yeah, you know, five, yeah. six kids also, and so forth and so forth. So It's all about big, having big families. It is, man. You know, it, and especially, uh, you know, I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's not the same now that it was when we were younger. Right. Being around all the primos at Christmas, Thanksgiving, and just, you know. Cesar Chavez. Just, oh, every, remember that? Yes. Oh my God! Of course, it was like a big ass fucking party. Right? And then it trans- yeah. I don't know if it transitioned for you, but then it transitioned to the lawyer. I like the lawyer, you know. The Chavez is number one uh, for me. Chavez okay. is number one. Of course, he would be the toughest, most respected Mexican fighter. Period. I like the swiftiness of the lawyer, how he carried himself being a Chicano, right? Because I'm first generation here, so to me, it's big because we were the generation that didn't have our parents that can help us with the homework. They didn't know English. You had to ask your cousins, and your cousins didn't have time, or you had to drive to them. So, you know, so being that first generation is a lot of work on both sides from maybe not getting in trouble in school because your mom didn't understand everything to, damn, I need help with my homework. She don't understand that. What do I do? And back then, all they do is go to your door and sell you encyclopedias. And remember that? You had to go right. encyclopedias. Anyone know Google? Right. right. You couldn't Google things back then. No. Encyclopedia, dictionary, hit library. the library. So, so things like that, you know, my parents always put the foot forward if I brought it up. So, you know, I, I take a lot of pride in the first generation. Yeah, and and uh, playing, everything was outside. <laughs> Today's all cell phones and yes. video games, yes. PS5 now. Everything. So, but, Man. I mean, back then we used to kick the kids out so that we can have whoopee time with the, with, with, with the girl, you know what I'm you saying? Yeah. 
So uh, uh, now, um, what, what, what did you grow up at? Like what city? Uh, I grew up in Buena Park, Orange County. Okay. Um, I grew up there to about maybe 22, 23. Okay. Uh, and now I reside in the city of Roland Heights, uh, which is where my wife grew up. Okay. Uh, and I love that area. It's just a lot more peaceful than it is where I grew up. So, mm-hmm. you know, shout out to Roland Heights, man, because ever since I've been living there, it's just my creative levels and my my um, ambition became higher. Okay. Because I knew there was more. Because, you know, living in Winter Park, I love Winter Park. Everything came from there. My soul, my heart, my pain, my suffering, everything beautiful, uh, not always bad, came from there. So, you know, your ambition was always to, I'm going to move out of here. Yeah. I can't, I, you know, if, me growing up was always like, this is it. This right. is it. And I just got to work and be able to maintain bills because I, I was so stuck in that cycle of my parents. But then when I, I told me, you know, I got to break this cycle. This I can't be doing this all just work, just to work, to live. I got to be able to live, work, and enjoy life too at the same Absolutely. time. Absolutely. I, I can just imagine the amount of stress our parents would go through. It's just a trabajar, a trabajar, a trabajar, you know, stuff like that. So I broke the cycle and just doing different things and you know, my parents always said, oh, no, kids can drive 40 hours. Well, I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that. I want to do something else. Right. So I just got into banking, you know. Okay. And, and and I took my steps into banking at a young age. And I flourished in banking now. Now working downtown as a, a, a specialist for City National Bank. Um, but aside from that, I've always been able to be creative, living in Rolling Heights with my wife and get into more music that I knew I should have been getting into from the start. So. You just got to break that cycle, man, to yeah. be honest. You got to break the whole, you know, I know a lot of people want to live in their community for a long time, and it's fine. There's no problem with doing that. But if you know there's a lot of negativity around that, you got to move around that. Yeah, yeah. You know? what, what, what high school did you t- attend out there? Uh, you know what? I went to John F. Kennedy High School for basketball purposes, uh, Division Two high school. Um, you know, from time to time, we used to play in Long Beach Poly, Wilson, um, uh, John Bosco. Uh, I mean, we used to play a bunch of rural high school, Artesia High School. Um, so I went to John F. Kennedy High School for, for basketball. Okay. Uh, varsity from freshman year all the way up. Um, so basketball really was my ambition back then. That was like my, I'm going to be in the NBA. No I'm going to be the first Chicano to hit that. And I want to go to, and I'm telling you, bro, I was, I was back in, from 96 to 2000, I would hit the Orange County Register. I would be one averaging 24 points, eight rebounds. I mean, I was hitting it. I was no re- shit. Dude, I would get this much over the rim when I'd go up. I, I mean, I was doing it big. And then, you know, uh, certain things happened. Senior year, I got shot. Uh, wrong place, wrong time. What, and, okay, you know what? Well, hold on. Time out, time out. You got shot. What the hell happened right there, man? What were you at? OG Mike or something? Or what? Nah, you know... I won't go too much into the areas, okay. right? Um, you know, because it's a part of my life that I'm over it. Like I said, you know what they say, I don't remember nothing, right. I don't know nothing, and just move on from it, right? Okay. So I'm, I went that path. Um, wrong place, wrong time. I ended up getting shot four or five times, four times. I hit let go of the hook, but four times. Um, and, uh, you know, luckily I was able to survive. I was able to live. Um I went into a real deep depression. Oh wow! After that, um, and you know, you go from being fit every day to working to staying fit to really working on your school to doing everything to all of a sudden just losing it. Wow! You know, I lost everything when I got shot. I lost everything, like muscle, everything. I was pale, skinny. I just, I need a blood transfusion. I, I lost everything. So they put me in that stage. You know, at that time I was getting scouted by Missouri, Cal State Fullerton, Cal State Northridge, San Diego State. I was getting scouted by a lot of schools. Um, 
moving forward, you know, now I'm just grateful that I'm alive, grateful that, you know, I took the path of just being on my own and not saying nothing and just keep, just keep it moving. Yeah. Um, and that's what it is, man. You know, it can happen to anybody, you know, wrong place, wrong time. Motherfuckers don't like you. It's, it's happened. It's like yeah. anything else, you know? So, yeah. but like I said, I take more of the approach. I'm grateful that I'm still alive. Okay. Um, and I've been able to flourish my life after that even more. Okay. Like, so, like now today, do you still fuck around, play a couple of hoops? You know what, dude? I'm motivating my son. I should be. I'm, I'm going to lie, Tony. And I'm and I'm I'm gonna say this, I like the ambition you have with your workouts and how you work out and how you stay in shape and all that. Right? Me, I fucking get lazy. I'm gonna lie. I get lazy when I think about working out, but when I think about playing basketball, it's not a workout to me. It's just I don't have the enough ambition to say, you know what? I'm gonna start playing every day. I don't play every day. I just play once in a while in the back with my son. I bought him a basketball court. You know, I'm teaching him everything I know and stuff like that. But I, I want to get back into it. Okay. Um, why? To be quite honest with you, I'm fucking lazy. I've been. I got so. Much, I got music. I got work. I got kids. I got three boys. I got my wife already about to have my fourth boy in Ju end of July. Congratulations! Four, thank you, bro. So four boys. So I know I can find an hour or two of my day to do something, but man, what one? Yeah, I know. Sometimes I mean, <laughs> I mean, when I go to the gym, I mean, I still knock it out right. by myself. But sometimes when I want to go heavy, I'll take my son so he can spot me. Yeah, yeah, no, I see it. Yeah. And, and, and we'll, we'll spot each other. You're a twin, huh? Yeah. I see yeah, that. Yeah. Exactly. Like a mini-me right there. But um, now, around what point? Now, you're out of high school. Yep. This incident happens. Mm -hmm. You recover. Around what point in time did you say you start now being curious about production? 2005. Um, 2005, it was in November. And I remember clearly, too, before Thanksgiving. This is when I'm about to have my first son, Alex, 14 years old now. He's about to go into uh, ninth grade. And I remember telling my wife, I was laying down, I said, you know what? I've been around the music a lot. I've been around studios. I've been around garage studios, big studios, everything. And I remember people having an MPC. I'm like, you know what? That Sam Ash store over there has an MPC 2000 XL. I want to go get that. So what are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to try I'm going to try to do something. And I, I think I, cause you know, drums I have always in my brain, you know, and I started figuring out BPMs and everything. So I bought the MPC. I figured out drums. Then I started getting drum breaks, right? Jane Brown and different drum breaks that I like. Vinyl or? Vinyl. Okay. Well, yeah, I'll go straight quarter inch in and I'll sample it within there. You know, I start, you start learning how to sample and put them in each pad and then you know how to sequence them in there. Then once you sequence them in there, then you quarter inch them into Pro Tools. And back then I think it was Pro Tools 5. Right. Right. So. I learned that process. I started learning the chord triant. I started teaching myself piano, chord progressions, inversions, wow. all that stuff. Yeah. Just to understand a little bit of the keys of the records that I'm going into. Because, you know, there's a lot of key switches. So you try to understand where the record's going. How can you build that record? And then when I started getting curious of that, that's when I started going to school. I went to Berkeley Online Music for production and, and learning different things of that oh, nature. Oh, Berkeley Online Music? Yeah, online music. Okay. You go online, take a couple classes, and they give you... um. You know, like weekly, they'll give you like um, certain things to mix. Okay. And then they'll judge you on that. And then production, you know, things what you would do. And then learning um, composition. And even though the composition was like alternative music, country, and you know, right, different right. stuff, the closest one really was to the one that I like was um, doing the uh, pop music. I was as close as hip hop as I can get to it, related wise. Okay. Beat count. So started doing that and then you know started working with artists man to be honest with you everything really that i learned was either through another engineer looking at them and taking what i like but really hands-on 
Okay, let me start right there because mm-hmm. I want to go back. Being a producer yeah. and knowing producers that are listening, yeah. let me ask you this. So you bought an MPC knowing damn well you didn't know how to use it? Right there. Okay. <laughs> did. Then you got Pro Tools mm-hmm. knowing you didn't know how to use it. Right. So you got a bunch of equipment right. that you don't know how to use, mm-hmm. but you taught yourself. I taught myself. That's awesome, man. I taught myself, dude. And, and, and you know what? Shout out to YouTube. Yes. Shout out to YouTube. Hey, shout out to YouTube because at first, when you try to find a specific issue that you have, you can find it. And then you started seeing that one person that would teach everything. You know, and another guy that I was following a lot too back then was Ryan Leslie. You know, he would go in the studio by himself, him and his engineer, and just, all right, I'm gonna play these piano chords, these stabs. All right, cool. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me let me go in there and play some percussions, and then boom. Then you know you have a record, you know right. Diamond Girl and all the ones that he made. So really, I just taught myself, man. I just taught myself, and I'd call my uncle, hey, you know, I'm playing this and this. He goes, all right, what? Well, you know, he would teach me in Spanish a little bit how to change the inversions or how to progress it, or like, okay, what are you building? Are you building? What kind of song are you building? And then I tell him, he goes, oh, well, I don't know hip hop. And then you know, structure's pretty easy, right? You have an eight bar intro, sixteen bar hook, sixteen bars. Maybe right. twelve nowadays or eight. Mm-hmm. Then you go sixteen. Then you can drop it from there. Then you can go back to it. And then at the end, you do your signature as a, as a producer, right? Okay. So, did did you know about bars before then? I did. Okay. I did. I did. I did. I knew that because of the artists that I work with. They would break down bars to me. So, how the progressions came along, I learned that. Like I learned how to go from like an aggressive sound to maybe building it up softly and then building it into aggressive sound to the hook. The way I learned is real weird because. I didn't know a lot of structure, you know what I mean? Like, right. I didn't know a lot of structure. So I knew that, yeah, it's supposed to go this way. But as, as, as time went on, working with, like, artists like Smitty, Cosme, uh, Anthem, and first artists that I started working with, they actually knew a little bit more of comp- composition. Anthem and them, and he'd be like, hey, you know, do this, or why don't you try this, or focus only on this, and then build this. So then I started building it into, like, eight-bar sections. Okay. Now I can go in there, hear a sound, or make a sound, and build a whole beat around it within a matter of 30 minutes to maybe an hour. Okay. Now, if the artist goes in and says, hey, look, I have an idea for our, for a hook. It's in this key. Okay, hold that key right there, and I'll maybe play something. And then and then build it. Okay. So it really depends. To be honest with you, I don't try to take one approach. I try to really go in freehand and be like, hey, you know, how are you feeling today? What, what are you feeling? Like I was, We were working on a record last night, and he came in with a mindset, I want to make a West Coast record. Okay, West Coast. All right, that's pretty open. Why don't we do this? Why don't we go through some sounds? We'll sample something. And the moment that sample talks to you, then we work on that record. And then how many, how many, how, how long we were in there sampling? Like an hour, huh? Then he finally heard that one sample. We built a record last night. So he dropped cool the hook. Me. Yeah. And he dropped his verse and, and, and there it is. So I like to build organically, you know? Okay. I, now, as far as keyboard, did you know how to play prior? A little bit, a little bit, only through my uncle. I knew certain chords. I knew, you know, how to invert chords. The progression part, I didn't know. Okay. So, you know, when you build a certain part, then you start progressing it from there and then drop it back, uh-huh. depending on the artist. That I didn't know. So I learned that through YouTube. I learned that through books. Um, I invested a lot of money just in, like just like I said, online classes. Um, okay. So, no, now, I didn't. Yeah. Now, would you recommend online classes? Yeah. 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 I mean, look, not may, maybe not everything might not apply to you. I know people that went to early recording school and said, man, I didn't learn a damn thing. Okay. I heard the right? same thing. Right, but they got connections out of it. You know, they got access to different engineers or, or studios that can either grow their path or maybe help their network. I don't know, but 
you had to learn something out of that. You had to at least learn very, I mean, to me, it, honestly, I can go through a whole lesson and maybe take two things out of it that I never knew before that will improve my work 10 times. Okay. Forward. So it really depends on how it works for you. You know okay. what I mean? You can't go in there unless you're a complete newbie. But me, I wasn't a newbie at that time. So I just took what I felt was for me. Mm-hmm. And the rest I took for a loss. Okay. I mean, it is what it is. Now, in the very beginning, you, you say you got a keyboard, you got mm-hmm. a drum machine, uh-huh. you got records. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you needed a turntable. Yep. Uh, you got Pro Tools. Obviously, yep. you needed a laptop or a yep. or computer. Yep. But how much would you say you spent in money? The first two months, because that's when I got everything, about 15. Okay. 15 grand. 15 grand? 15 grand. Yeah, because I, I bought a mic, too. Okay, so look, everything that I bought was, when I bought Pro Tools back then, it was Pro Tools LE. Right. With that in the Pro Tools and Box was probably eight hundred dollars, but you had to upgrade all that. Yeah. I couldn't just record on tall tracks. Right, right. So I expanded that. I made the I bought the musical toolkit back then. That's what they had, and that was an extra five hundred. Okay. So I upgraded it all. Now I can have X amount of buses and X amount right. of this. So with upgrading that, then the keyboard costing three thousand, and then the two thousand for the MPC thing, the computer I think cost me like fifteen hundred, and then updating all the software there, and then not only that, but then you have to buy all the VSTs. You know what I mean? You have to yeah. buy all the VSTs. And back then I was Damn. buying, yeah, back then I was buying a lot of VSTs. So, but, but the reason I had that money is because I did loans. Okay. So I was, I, I don't know if, you know, back then, but back then when you were doing a loan officer, you were making good money. I was, I mean, to me it was good money. I was making like 15, 20 yeah. a month. Okay. Just on loans, just closing loans out and everything else. So. Shit, why would you want to be a producer then? Well, it took a shit in 2008. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had to go back into finance. I went back to B of A and, and worked in the mortgage area, but not off points, not off percentages and stuff. So I would get percentage off the closing. So if the closing 300000 I make 3 4% of that. And you're closing four or five houses a month, you know? And some people were closing out like crazy amounts, right? But so that allowed me to just be like, you know what? I'm going to go spend this real quick. I'm about, okay, go ahead. You know? Dope. And, and And so, you know, I invested it correctly. And now I have my own workflow. Everything is a perfect workflow for what I do. I can make a record. I can record somebody quick, mix and master, and have it done the next day. Oh. I can work fast, you know. So, wow. Okay, now uh, explain AI. Where did that come from? Shout out Am Winner. I'm gonna give that to Am Winner. Uh, Am Winner is an artist I used to work with. Dope hip hop artist. Very, very Wu Tang, Big L. I mean, very big on on on. You know, he's worked with King Magnetic from New York. He's worked with a lot of artists. Raz, Kaz, and, and different artists. Um, he's the one that told me, he goes, you know what, bro? He goes, you're like Allen Iverson, bro. You just always find the answer. Oh, oh. And your name is Alex Ibarra. Okay. AI. There it is there. <laughs> We're going to be back with AI in about 10 yeah. minutes. Yeah, We're going to take a break, so make sure you uh, uh, get a refill on that michelada. Okay. And uh, if you guys hear any gunshots in the background, that's just uh, <laughs> looting ha- happening in my neighborhood. Um <laughs> Just, I'm just kidding. Anyways, everybody, uh, once again, call somebody, text somebody, uh, pay somebody, slap the shit out of somebody, let them know that AI is in the motherfucking building, and we'll be back. We're back now with the Jack Off Hour on Rodeo Radio, and I am your host, Tony A. The Wizard, with the podcast that slaps across your fat ass with a fat dick. I hope you grab yourself a Modelo and you got your popcorn ready, because we're going to jump right back into these cachetes with AI. Hey, uh, how are you? Man, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great right now. How are you feeling, Ray Doc? Oh, I'm good, man. I saw you smoke a big-ass leño outside. Was that you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that's just crazy. Little medication stick. That's all it is. That was some <laughs> Cheech and Chong shit right there, homie. The cops even pulled you over. Oh, 
<laughs> Man, I'm feeling good. Though. I'm feeling good. Honestly, I, I I tell you, I feel at home right here. I love the vibes. Um, good. And it's just you know. I How know many beers have you had today? No lie. Uh, uh, you know what? Okay, so earlier I had three tall cans. Uh, that faded away earlier because I sweated. I sweated all out already, so I was already out. Uh, right now, maybe about four. Four okay. regular cans. Four okay, regular four cans. So yeah. maybe that's, do the math. Más o menos, uno, almost a twelve pack. Okay. Más o menos. Okay, that's in moderation. Yeah. You know. Okay. <laughs> 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 Anyways, so you spend about fifteen G's, bro. You create your own little studio. Mm -hmm. At this time, what is your girl thinking? Is she thinking like your ass is crazy? Like, or does she does she see it coming along? Like, what was her thoughts? You know what? No, you hit her in the dash. She <laughs> definitely did. She was like, "What? Well, what are you gonna do?" Like, she goes, "Okay, so you're gonna make me. What's the plan?" Because she see her work. What I like about my wife, it, I want to say she's like my mom, but she's very like. So, what are you gonna do? What's the plan? Like, how are you gonna move this? What, what's your goal? What do you What do you plan on doing out of all? I said, "Well, look, you know, I already got uh, two artists that that do hip hop. I'm gonna work with them. See what I can build with them." And kind of go from there. I really don't know because I don't know the steps to what's next. I just know I like to make beats. I like to get in there, record them, and kind of learn that process. So for 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 a tough while, man, I'll say about three, four years, she was kind of on me. Like, oh, you're doing too much music, man. Like, you're in there every day. You know, you don't get into sleep about 2 a.m. You have to wake up at 7. Like, you know, you're not getting your sleep. I said, I'll go to sleep right away. But her thing was, you're always in there. Mm -hmm. I said, I got to put my work in. I got to I gotta start perfecting this craft. Getting in. So she buried me for a while. And then now for the last four years, she's been seeing money coming in. And okay. now she's like, oh, well, oh, you're going to do another session. Okay, I'll go do another session. How much are you going to get for this session? Yeah. So, cool. Cool. But, you know, like I said, she's very strong. She's supportive. I'm going to be honest. If it wasn't for her being there with me, uh, I don't know how far I would have gone to this point. Um, but she's really an anchor of what I do, man. She, she, she watches the kids while I'm working and. You know, um, you know, I could tell her I just so happen to pick a profession that I like that's fun. Yeah, yeah. You okay. know, so, so she, you know, it, it was tough at first because, like I said, it was the understanding part. She didn't know how to really go about it. She didn't. It was new to both of us. But she, she hanged in there, man. Okay. So. Now, from the time that you had your equipment, how soon after that did you start producing for? Would you say rappers, singers, whatever you, however you started? Uh, okay, so it took me about. A series seven years. Seven years. Seven years. And I'm going to say why. Um, there's a lot of fallouts fallouts in that time. People that would come in, yeah, 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 and then all of a sudden just wouldn't show up no more. They just stopped doing music. Um, I, to this day, I don't know why. Um, so I started meeting Smitty at a very young age. I met him when he was 17 years old. Okay. And this kid, man, was just a spitter. Like, I remember the first song I heard from him, he made a Christmas song. But it was like on oh, some crazy, like, the fuck? What'd you, you say on that record? Right. So I started working with him. I started building records with him, right? And we started getting, you know, back then when King Little G wasn't popping, he was starting to notice us. And a lot of people started noticing who we were. Then we linked up with Cosme. Cosme put me on game on everything. I mean, this guy's worked with everybody. He's worked with Thump Records. He's worked with Industries and everything. And he goes, how come you're not charging for your beats? So you were giving them away for free or what? Pretty much. Why? Because they said they were going to keep my name and blow me up and we're going to blow together. Honestly, I went through the whole cliche bullshit. Yeah, I know. I ain't going to lie. Yeah. I ain't going to lie. I'm going to put your name up there. You're going to get credits. Don't worry. We're going to see you. You're gonna... you, you know what's funny? I, 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 Of course, mine was a different time. I've never fell for that bullshit. I had guys call me, leave me messages. I'll put your name at the end of the song. I'll honor your name forever. Nah, dude. 
Bullshit. No. So, Bullshit. So it took Cosme to wake me up from that. I said, no, 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 no. Tell me you're going to sell them for 200 bucks. All right. Hey, well, 200 bucks. All right. Where'd I send it to? I'm like, oh, shit. For real? All right. And just the value started building from there. So now people, you know, come to me for work, for mixes, mastering, anything. They come to me because I'm, I'm the fast one. And, and I, I think I have one of the best sounds coming up in the game. You know what I mean? It's just sonically, just wideness. The, everything is just, I like enriched sounds. You know, okay. I like to really, really get in there and really dig in with the sounds. So, um, you know, once I started getting with Cosme, then we linked up with Shadow. Okay. You know, Shadow know who the hell we were. But he heard that record we sent to him from Smitty. Okay. I want to meet that fool. Bring him over to Pistol Pete's out in San Diego area. We're going to come record over here. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. I'm going to meet Shadow. Fucking what? Till I die? Like, we, I used to bump his shit back when I was young. Right. No fucking way. My cousin like, yeah, fool, don't trip. He's a good comrade of mine. He likes your shit genuinely. Come on. So shout out to Shadow, man, because Shadow really, like, one of the first, him and YB were the first two ones to fuck with me, like, to really say, nah, bro, you got something here. And when we went over there, he even said, you know what, if anybody's going to touch me lyrically, it's going to be Smitty, no one else. And and from then on, that's just, it, it grew a whole new inspiration for me, knowing that I touched someone that I, that, 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 that I genuinely love to now I'm in this position where, like, damn, I'm working with him and... You know, and then opened up doors from there, man. And uh, you guys know how we work with now with a lot of artists like uh drop some names, bro, in case um, people may not know. Okay, Far Side, you know, old school I, I always want to work with him. Shout out Adam Warner, we plugged that one in for Fat Lip. Uh Kenner Rodriguez, Dope House, um, Be Legit, uh Jay Worthy, Edie I mean. Shout out to Edie I mean for the Outlaws. That's my boy. Um I got two records on his last album that he's on uh, that he just released, which is I'm happy one of the Favorite ones is the one I did for him, which is him, Be Legit and Jay Worthy. Uh, Baby Bash, uh, Bozo, Cujo, um, Icon. I mix and mastered last. And Icon, I have a little beef to pick with you, too, because you shot a shot at me out last time we were here because I'm the one that mixed and mastered your goddamn album that made it sound like that. So I'm going to say that right now, Icon. Fucker. Anyways, that's my compa. That's my camarada. camarada. But yeah, I mixed and mastered his album, Cost of Living. That was awesome. I have a feature with Young Drummer Boy on that one and Compton Chapel. Um, man, uh, Bowling Movement, um, Shadow, uh, Cosme. Uh, am I missing anybody here? Shady Boy. Psh, can't miss that. Shady Boy. Shady Boy is like my brother and me, man. Me and him make music like how you and Heisey did. Okay. It's just, it's just me and him, genuine. We'll go in there, talk about what we're talking about, and then we'll make a record on that. Okay. And and like I said, he's hailing millions and millions with no marketing, right. no nothing. He, only, right. he hardly even promotes his stuff on his thing, and his fan base is so heavy, they just follow him, bro. Like Before we get to that, yeah. Uh, LA Icon was here. Yep. And he didn't shot you out, man? He didn't shot me. Did you believe that? He gave a lot of shout-outs that I day. I know he did. And I was like, wait, what? And so, he know, he better, if he's seeing this, I'm, I'm going to come on you know, and you know what's crazy? During the break, I was reading the comments, and somebody said that they saw him out there in LA looting a donut shop. <laughs> that's Icon. That's okay, Icon, that's bro. That's yeah. no, that's Icon. That he, he that in the donut yeah. spot. He remember? He, he, <laughs> yeah. He sent me a picture, and he had a powdered donut all over his neck. <laughs> I don't know about that, but 
Oh, good, homie. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to, I try to like. We're just playing. We're just yeah. playing. He does a lot of our videos. He did the video for Shadow and M4 that for my album. It, it, it was a beautiful album, but he knows I'm gonna give him shit about it. But no, nah, that's my boy. That's you know, Icon's a, a, one of those guys that you, you just kind of have to know who he is. Yeah. And know how his little joking around is. No, he's cool, cool dude. Man. He's the number one troller on Facebook, but other than that, he's good. You know, I, I like all the conspiracy that we talked about because he, he told me he's a big conspiracy guy. So, a lot. Yeah, yeah. I feel compare everything. Yeah, I know. You lose a lighter, you could be conspiracy about why that lighter was lost. Well, he thinks and Harvey, so, uh, 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 <laughs> what's his name? Einstein or Harvey <laughs> Weinstein or. Weinstein, yeah, Harvey Weinstein. Jeffrey Epstein. Epstein. There okay, you go. Who in the hell's Harvey? That, that's the guy that used to touch the. No, see, that's the. He used to touch the actors. He used to sexually harass them. Oh, that guy. Yeah, remember well, Terry Crews? Remember Terry Crews? He came up crying about he touched me and he wanted me to. Remember that big old fool talking about a little guy trying to grab him? Well, come on, guy, slap him. But, you know, that's he the thinks, power. Okay, he thinks Jeffrey Epstein or whatever his name is, he's still alive. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got, I got to watch that one. All good, all good. All right, <laughs> listen. Um, Shady Boy, tell us about Shady Boy. How did you meet yeah. him? What happened? Tell us about his views. Tell us about everything. Okay, so Shady Boy, I met him. I want to say to, he was already retired. He wasn't doing music no more. He was helping. I remember he was helping two artists. Uh, and he was doing music. I remember he was telling me he was doing music here and there. He had reached out to me one day. I didn't know nothing about him. He had reached out, hey, my boy, I'm, I'm liking the, the beats that you're putting up, the lives that you're putting up with your beats, bro. I'm really feeling that soul sound. At that moment of time, I was doing a lot of soulful records, right? Okay. So I, I was sampling some dope, like something that with J. Cole would pop on, right? Okay. And he was like, I like, I like those records you're doing. I want to, he wrote a lot of poetry. He said, I want to get something on there, bro. I don't, you know, I said, all right, cool. So, all right, let me, you know. And I, and one thing I always kept it with him, balls on everybody else, I kept it real. I said, look, my place full right now. Let me get at you when I'm, my place is a little more empty because if not, I'm going to be that guy that you consider a lagger. Right. Not that I want to. It's just I might not have enough time to, right? So I kept it real with them in that way. And he was like, all right, I appreciate you, bro. Get at me when you can. So finally, I heard this this record that he was, um, I don't know. I don't know where he recorded it, but he, it, it sounded really modern, really dull. I was like, hey, bro, that was you. He goes, yeah. You know what, bro? Come in the studio, G. I, I want to see what we could do. Okay. Just come in. So we came in and that was it. Really? Click, yeah, our personalities clicked off, our views on things clicked off, the sounds, the way he worked, the way I worked, it's just, you know, it complemented each other. And now we got people dropping us messages about how we saved their lives or how, dude, that record right there, put he put it in so perspective. I was feeling mm -hmm. like that, but I like how he's still hanging on, so I decided to hang on. And, mm -hmm. fuck, man, those, those messages, be honestly, those hit me the most because... I never thought I'd touch somebody with the music that we do. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I didn't think it would get to that point. So when people are like, hey, man, your shit's dope. Letter to God. Letter to God's one of those big ones that took off on Latin Beast. I mean, it took off. Okay. Uh, can you, uh, uh, Letter to God, can you name a couple of ones that other people may, uh, so they can look them up? Yeah. So so we have Letter to God that took off on Latin Beast. Shout out to Latin Beast. My boy Tones, that's my boy. Shout, uh, on God, uh, which is a film that Icon filmed. Which he talks about some deep depression stuff, but it's like really, really he modernizes so well that you can relate to it. Which people do do go through a lot of that. Um, so he painted the picture on that. That's almost I think that might already be a million. Um, and then he hit um, Letter to God oh, on God okay. uh, on God. I think it's like almost a nine hundred thousand views, and I think that's another one that I can't feel. So we have those three, and then we have my YouTube channel that 
it's just the audio that he's hitting hundreds of thousands of views on like on a, a record call. So I say goodbye. Um, we just dropped an album called Dreaming in the Shadows, which is man, like if you guys hear the the every song to me in that album is a like a specific feeling. Okay. Because you know you remember your sessions, right? You can hear a song be like, I remember that session. I remember how I felt that day. Yeah. If that's what album reminds me of. Like when I hear a song like Oh my god! I remember that day. I remember how I was feeling that day. He was feeling, and we made that record. So that it's special in that way. And like I said, we, the last album on God already hit over two point something million streams. No promo, Tony. Hmm. Nobody in the big end sharing our stuff. Even artists that fuck with Shady Boy that are big, they want to share stuff. We don't care. But I'm just saying, it was just us. No oh. marketing. I can imagine if he had a tool behind him. How, how long have you guys been working on? Three years. Three years? Yeah, two albums, few singles, um, few... And, and the albums, I'm sorry to cut you yeah. off, the albums, uh, people can still purchase Oh, these, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. They're available spot everywhere. Uh, uh, the first album was called On God, uh, Shady Boy. Listen to that one. That was a classic. Uh, and then the new one's called Dreaming in the Shadows. Okay. Um, and, and that one, like I said, they're all special, man, because they're all parts of his life. That he's like, hey, Alex, I got a record I just felt the other day from something I went through. When can we go in? Okay. I'm open this thing. Cool. Have a beat ready. What are you feeling? Boom. Let me hear what you got. Let me hear the hook. He comes in. Boom. Perfect. We're going recording. We're done. Dope. Dope. You know? Now, for the people that are listening that are uh, producers, um, they're most likely probably curious on what you use. Yeah. What, what does your studio look like? Do, do you mind sharing? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, um, all right. So, right now I have I have two monitors. I use curved monitors. The only reason I use those is because I do film editing. But I also like to have, for people that have Pro Tools, one side is my editing side, which is going to be my waveforms and everything where I clip and drop and do all my little edits quick. My other side is my mixing field, which is all the sliding bars and compressions and all that. So I like to separate both of them for workflow. Um, now I have a big keyboard, uh, M-Audio, uh, with the pads and everything. That's what I used to play all my pianos and basses. Uh, but most of my, my stuff is in my VSTs, like Omnisphere, Spectronics, uh, Contact 6. Um, you know, anybody that knows those, those VSTs, those three VSTs can cost you anywhere between six, seven thousand. But it has every single sound you need, you know, from a violin, how it glides to a moves to, um, uh, um, Honor Clavinet, Fender Rhodes. Everything. Fender bass, exactly from the, even from the, from the way of the pluck sound. Right. You can even control that sound. Everything. So, uh, you know, I like that. I like the fact that I'm able to transition that from the keyboard into that. Um, and then, you know, like I said, I have, I have, and probably like you, I have thousands and thousands of kicks and snares and perfect packs that I put into my own sound bank that I use as my go-tos now. Okay. So, like, if I have a trap sound, I already know where to go with that one. And it's all about changing the hi-hat pitch or whatever. Um, you know, if you have like a dope soulful sound, you already know where to go to get those nice, cool drums that sound real soulful, real airy. So it really depends, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, I use a lot of that. My main focus really, because I'm an engineer, I like to focus on the mic. So I use a Newman mic. I use a, a Avalon preamp. Hmm, uh, okay. I love the Avalon. Just, it's beautiful. Uh, and the Apollo, right? The Universal Audio. And then I invested into those VSTs as well. Um, and then the rest, like I said, bro, it's just really no drum machine no more. You, you know what? No, I don't. I you know what? I used to love the drum machine. I used to love the punch of. I still do. I love everything. 
it just takes me too damn long to get my idea out. You know what I'm right. saying? For some people, it works. Some people like to take that time. Just to me, I want to get my idea out because I'm already working from like, I'm not working just to make the beat. I want to make the record. Right. You know, I'm not here just to make the beat. I'm here to start and finish that record. Okay. And so, you know, once you record somebody, then post-production comes, right? Post-production is big because now you have to post-produce that record. You can just leave it like that. You have to do the drops, maybe some filter points, maybe a little signature at the end or your tag at the beginning. You know what I'm saying? So you still got to do all those parts. And then, you know, as you do all that, you're getting it ready to get mastered. And then that's another field I studied to in mastering. So, okay. So you're the jack of all trades. Then. Ah, you know what, man? Hum <laughs> I guess, you know, I mean, you know, hey, I, right now is the time to talk, <laughs> homie, because ain't nobody going to talk for you. You know what, bro? It's because, you know what, bro? It, it, I don't know. How do you feel when, you know, you know, you did hit records. I know you did, well, right? I don't think I did hit records. You did I, hit I, records, I, dude. bro. Come on. Everybody was jamming to that, bro. Okay. Come okay. on. For, for me, see how you act up, see how you're like, you don't know how to really because you know you have hit records. See, see, that's how I feel when people say hey, you're dope, bro. I'm like, ah, you know, ah, you know. we know we dope, Tony. You know what I'm saying? It's just we're, okay. we're humble, bro. We work, we work. Well, I, I, okay, let's continue. Okay, <laughs> um, so now who are you working with now? Because I know you brought uh, two of your artists, if I'm correct. Yeah, so, okay, so the whole team consists of Vicious, okay, Kid Vicious, Mason King, a dope, dope singer that's written for Eric Bellinger, that's working with High Tone, that's working with a lot of people. Uh, he was even an actor back then, Billy D. Uh, we're working something out with Empire right now. You're not talking about Billy D, Coat 45. Lando Calrissian, not that bad. No, not him. No, no, no. Okay. No, not him. Yeah, not him. I'm like, huh? Cold forty five. Billy didn't tell me that life. No, but but this guy is dope. You can catch him on his record, My City with Bozo, Lido P, him. I mean, this guy, dude, is just a real soulful singer, but has today's sound. Like this guy is chameleon. I call him chameleon, dude, because this guy can. You play him a record, and you want him on the hook. He'll have the hook ready in 10 minutes. Put me in. Oh. He'll stack one something. All right, stack me on left and right, Alex. He already knows how it works. Next thing you know, 10 stacks in. Holy shit, the fuck? How do we create this hook right now? And it's just, anyways, falsettos. Everything is just rich. It's beautiful. So, you know, like I tell him, I just think he had the bad people around him at that time that didn't allow him to grow, man. I think at, it sucks, we all did man. at one point. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it just sucks because he should have been up there, or at least a writer in a big, heavy field, which he did. Um, so Billy D, we have Open Mind, very soulful artist, hip-hop. You know, he's worked with, uh, 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 what's that, uh, Sublime's DJ. He produces, too. I forgot his name, though. Sorry, I don't no disrespect, but he's he's really dope, too. He lives up in the in the hills, too, and he, he produces a lot for him, too, and he's dope. Um then we have Aaron Kennedy, another dope artist that wrote some of the song for a record. Have you heard of a track, uh, out, uh, crew called, what was the crew called? Um, Go Crew, or what were they called? Um, the, another song's called The Crew. Okay. Uh, I, for, I forgot the name of the song or the out, the, the artist. But, anyways, it's a big song. It became a big hit. Millions and millions of streams. He wrote part of that. But, but guess, guess what? You didn't know the industry. Right. They only paid him 2500 with no royalties. Yeah. All that money they could have made, yeah. and and so he didn't have that smart people to behind. Said, "Nah, we're gonna. He, this is epical. He's fifty percent of your written. 
we're going to demand more. You know, if he has somebody behind him, he would be able to demand a little bit more. So I'm working with artists like that, working with um, Lido P. Um, shit, who else? Shady Boy. Um, Am I forgetting anybody here, guys? I'm M4. Oh, I can't forget about M4. M4. Now, are, are you still sampling at all? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Just still sample. I still sample off record. Um, if I'm if I'm just in a quick mood where like I just want to hear anything, I'll go to YouTube, and what I do is I'll I'll I'll, I'll hear something like a crazy sample, and I'll just keep digging within that sample, and then anything that doesn't have a lot of views, I'll listen to it. And if it's dope, I'll mess with it. Okay. You know. Okay. So it, you know, sample I do. Um, I share melodies with other producers. Like if producers have melody packs, I'll share with them that. So we'll exchange on those. You know, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. If, I know DJ Khalil talked about this. DJ Khalil's with Aftermath. I remember him talking about him always sharing with Jake One and Ninth oh. Wonder and all them different sample packs that they didn't work with that they would swing on to their people. And but I hear you fuck with them. And if you can make a record with them, they're yours. You know. Right. So you know, I, I do. I do work with that, and then I create my own. So okay. You know, so it really depends on what the session depends on, you know? Okay. So. Um, a couple of questions. Yeah. T two more because we're kind of going down on our time. But I have to ask, who are some of the producers today that are out, whether they're popular or not, that you like their stuff? Like, I like to listen to their shit. I don't care if they're old school or if they're even new school. So any level? Yeah, any level. Right now? Yeah. Whew. Okay. Well, I mean... Okay, so I leave DJ Quick and Dr. Dre out of everything in Timberland, but they're just geniuses. You can't okay. really compare them. They're just they're the Elton Johns of the game. So when it comes down to producers like that, those are my three main guys. Now, when we're talking about influences that I had and people that I listen to today and even go back to records, High Tech, Ninth Wonder, Jake One, um, Pharrell, um, Boy Wonder, I like the way he goes in and starts sampling the new way, you know, the new way for him. Um, 40 from, you know, Drake's producer, how he created in own levels and his own low file sound. Um, man, there's so many of them. Uh, DJ Khalil, Focus. Um, even cast like DJ Dominator. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you got to acknowledge cast that too, that keep pushing the envelope, but keep pushing the... The funk sound, the the essence of the funk sound, is still making it dope. So you got to include clue uh, clue cast like that. Talent, you know, YB's producer. He's also a dude producer. Shout out to him, Steve Vicious. You know, kept they used to work a lot with um, with uh, uh, Shadow and Uno and all them. Um, you know, I noticed you didn't mention one. Maybe you're not a fan of his, or maybe you just might have okay, forgotten. Okay. Uh, not necessarily one of my favorites, okay. but. He's a lot of people on their top 10. Okay. Kanye West. You know what? I'm going to say, yeah. If, if I were to go top 10, I would have to put Kanye West in there. And I'm glad you reminded me of that. Because I now that opened up another gate of producers. Um, I like that we pronounce it. The only reason I don't really dig him the last few records. He was getting creative, but it was just a little too wild. Um, I stopped him at 808 and Heartbreaks. Right? Because that album we dedicated to his mom, and, and there's a lot of feeling of it. But anything previous to that, like graduation, late registration, you can't compare any of the records he's done to that. Okay. That that the way he sampled, the way he, um, 
the cadence, the way he, it, you just can't match that. So, yeah, Kanye West, man, that's another one I forgot about. Yeah. Kanye West would definitely be one of them. Um, now, you don't rap or sing, do you? I do hooks. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I help with ideas, too. We're in the studio. Like, if I feel like I've been doing a lot of hooks lately. Uh, I did one for Edie Amin called Moonlight, record for him. Uh, he, off the strength, Edie Amin heard. He was like, dude, what the, who's who's doing the hook? I'm like, it's me. He goes, no, it's not. It's me. What the fuck? Like, straight voice or auto-tone? Or? Uh, that one's straight voice. Um, there's times when I do auto-tune. Okay. But when I do the straight voice, if I do auto-tune, it's not too good, the robotic sound. It's okay. just fix the little... Roboto curve that I might not be able to hit. So I know how to run that to run correctly too for singers, oh. not just to sound robotic. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I've done it with with and without. Okay. You know? Give me at least five rappers today that are on the radio that you listen to. Ooh, okay. Uh, five rappers. Uh, Migos. I like Migos. Okay. Don't hold me against that, Tony. Uh, <laughs> J. Cole. Uh, Ra Rowdy. Rowdy Rich. It's Rowdy Rich, man. Just that guy's freaking crazy. Um, Meek Mill, and believe it or not, Post Malone. Okay. Now, let's ask you, name me five Chicano rappers that you listen to. Right now? Yes. And I'm going to give you genuine. I'm not going to even lie or fluff anything up for anyone. So, Shadow. My hope, well, even though they put some of us in the Chicano rap, I'm going to say my team, because I, I do a lot of records. But aside from my team, it would be Shadow, Cujo, Bozo. YB. And Shady Boy. Okay. Shady Boy. Those are the, those are the ones that I listen to a lot that I feel... The connection of what they're trying to deliver. You know, with Cujo, right now, he's in a situation of coming back to music, so he's trying to hit you guys with the ultimate bars. But he also came in deep with the record we did, which is ICU, which is also a deep record that I love because he made for his son. Mm -hmm. And it's just an incredible record. So, but with him, he's trying to come in with that bars and I like that because he's trying to inject people with bars and making sure people understand that you got to still have bars in this game to kill yeah. it. Bozo, he has a good movement, good saying, good following, but his message means a lot. And so that's the reason I picked him specifically. And shout out just because he's a legend, man. That's my guy, you know. So yeah. those are the guys I would say I listen to right now in the Chicago rap. That's good. That's good. Now, I'll take it a step further. Mm -hmm. Would you buy their music? Mm -hmm. Yeah? Yeah. Either stream it. You know, I do the streaming. Um, I bought Shadows. Last two albums he did with Rascal. I bought... Cujo's I know because I do most of Cujo's music, so he okay. just stream. Uh, Bozo I just stream because I you know I did the last I don't know eight seven eight records with him. Um, Shadow yes I bought his records. I I've been buying his records since I'm I've, I've been a fan of him. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, yeah yeah. Are you a fan of uh, Misfit? Yeah, you know what? Um, Misfit's another guy in there that people wanted me been wanting me to collab with. We just haven't found the real time to get in there. At some point we will. I know at some point we are going to get in there and get in there and do a record. We just haven't, you know, because he's doing his thing. You know, he's trying to reach his area and I'm trying to reach mine. So we haven't been in a point where like, hey, bro, let's just kind of get in. We've talked though. We we chopped it okay. up. Hopefully soon, man. You know, mm -hmm. if, if he's out there listening, you know, hopefully we get one in there. Now I'm going to ask you live yeah, yeah. on Rodeo Radio. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I'm gonna hook up with you. I wanna check out your studio. Okay. And I'm gonna go over some ideas with yeah, you. Yeah, I usually yeah. like to work alone. Yeah, I'm being yeah, real yeah, with yeah. you. Yeah, no, I know. And I wanna kick some ideas. And if we come to an agreement and I, I like the way everything sounds, Oof. then uh, I, I want you to, because I talked to Dominator and he's helping me, uh, but I want to put together a soundtrack. I don't want no rapping. Yeah, okay. Just all instrumental yeah, okay. for the Chicano rap documentary. Okay. Thing. You know, because I get a lot of rappers that tell me, I'll give you my songs. Well, I'll yeah, be yeah. honest with you, I don't want your songs. No, bro. instrumentals is best. Just, yeah. just instrumentals. Yeah. I'm with that. I'm okay. I'm with that. So, well, right here that. Okay. Official. Official. Now, at this time, mm -hmm. We have to say goodbye. Yeah. Uh, but you get to give shout outs. So take okay. your time. Okay. Drink another beer if you want. Okay. All right. So, okay. So, first shout I'm going to have to give is always going to be to the house. So, shout out to Rhodium Radio. Shout out to Tony Vision. Shout out to the crew engineering. Shout out to the homie shooting the pigs. This is all a team effort. So, shout out to you guys, man, because the hospitality is real. You know, I always go off vibe. You know, producers, we go off vibes. Mm -hmm. And so the vibe here is awesome, great. I love everything because I have my Funkos in my studio too. Yo. You know what I'm saying? But you don't show this to my son. <laughs> this Thor thing here, don't show it to him. He's going to cry because he want to take it home. So. Okay. Son, if you're watching this, you can't have it. But um, <laughs> shout out to my whole team. You know what I mean? The whole EOP squad, RVL, Vicious, Mason King, Aaron Kennedy, Lito P, Cosme, uh, um, Open Mind, Billy D., um shady boy um tic tac i mean there's a lot of people that 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 are involved in our movement that we do from Janetti, from our street team to to mondo to everybody so shout out to them first because they're the people that really push us okay and it, it wouldn't be shit without people really pushing us right uh shout out to the engineers out there that are really working to perfect your artist's sound um that really do it genuinely to make some records and make some pop um and shout out to homie Graphic by Nature. I told him I give him a shout out. The homie's working some records with me, so we're doing some stuff with them. But other than that, man, um, that's it. Really, shout out to the wifey. You know, um, she holds me down. You know, and and that's just what it is. You know what I mean? Girls are powerful, and and they hold us down. That's what it is. Other than that, man, um, let's keep pushing good music. You know, let's push this to another level. You know, I don't like mediocrity. And if I see mediocrity, I usually like to provide good uh, advice okay. on how to get bigger. Mm -hmm. uh, I never put them down, but I only push what, what I feel is the top of the notch that's going to make us look good, and that's just what it is. So. Okay. Um, now, let me ask you this. Last question. Anything that I didn't ask you, mm -hmm. was there anything that I left out? They left out, right? Um, well, I like in and out how was your day <laughs> no my day was good you know what my day was good today dude like i said my day is good every day man just being able to wake up and and that's a blessing within itself it's man. a blessing man because we missed the whole point like we missed the whole point that we get to wake up to our kids or where other people are finding to see their kids and you know we wake up to take a good shower where other people wish they can take like um i grew up poor you know what I'm saying? I grew up poor, door, poor, like everybody knows my background. My hometown knows my background. And everything is a blessing from here up, man. I, yes, I, 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 I don't want too much. I don't want too less. I want what I deserve. All good. You feel All me? All good. So, so um, you going to hang out with us? Hell yeah. All right, cool. Because uh, not next break, but the following one, I'm going to start drinking. So. Ooh, I'm yeah. here. Hell yeah. here, baby. Hell yeah. So yes. uh, once again, thank you for coming. Thank, thank you, you for giving brother. me the opportunity uh, to interview you. And um, um, hang out with us, bro. Yeah, I'm here, brother. Hey, 
Rodium Radio, man. This is going to be the spot that's going to blow up. I'm calling it right now. Hey, everybody. Um, you guys should be home watching Rodium Radio because it's curfew time. Yeah. You guys should not be on the streets, okay? Listen to your governor. <laughs> Anyways, um, other than that, make sure so make sure you call somebody, take somebody, pay somebody, slap the shit out of somebody, let them know that Pablito is in the motherfucking building. Okay. Somebody asked me, is that Pablito from Hitlerlick? There's only one Pablito. Only one, baby. There can only be one. And we'll be back. Yes. Go get yourself a Morello. Slap the lady in the ass. Get your popcorn <laughs> ready and be back. Fuck we're back, everybody, to Jack Off Hour, and I'm Tony A. The Wizard. I'm Rodeo on Radio with the podcast that slaps your culture fat ass with a fat dick. And don't ask me to repeat that twice, because I might not be able to. But uh, other than that, um, you know what? My next special guest is somebody that I believe when I first heard of him, I thought that this was the man that was capable of taking this genre of music to another level. And that's why I invited him here because I wanted to talk about what happened and is it still possible. So um, you guys don't want to hear me talk, but without further ado, please allow me to introduce the one and only Hitterlick Records, Pablito. Yes, sir. How are you, my friend? Good, man. Thanks for having me, Tony. You know, I, you. I, I don't know if Hitterlick is still available or still around, but most people were identifying you as Pablito from Hitterlick, yeah. so that's why I introduced you that way. Yeah. But uh, how was the drive over here, man? Um, it was good, you know. Yeah. A uh, lot of cops on the freeway, <laughs> um, but it wasn't too bad, no traffic. Okay. All right. And uh, if you could just speak a little bit closer to the mic, if you don't mind, please. Sorry about that. Uh, other than that, you been catching anything good on TV since we've been in quarantine? Um, last night I finished the Jeffrey Epstein series. Tell me about it, man. Oh wow, you got to see that. It's a must. Uh, it was pretty heavy. That guy was, you know, quite a, quite a character. Yeah. You know I mean? Now, now uh, I think there's like what four episodes. I believe so. Yeah. And uh, let me ask you this: You believe all that shit was true? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, especially like with Prince Andrew and. You know, Bill Clinton, everybody just lying out their teeth. You know, why would that? What would that poor girl lie for? I know. You know what I mean, yeah. You know, what what was she to? What's she gonna gain or benefit out of that? You know what yeah, I mean? yeah. You know, they, did, did they give a list of everybody that used to go over there and chill with him? Um, I mean, I'm sure there was a lot more. Right. You know what I mean? But um, you know, they named a few big ones. You know what I mean? Right. You know, I mean, Harvey Weinstein was in there. Um, Harvey we all, Weinstein. We, well, you all know what happened with him. You know, they they washed him up. Um, but you know, I mean, just guys like Prince Andrew and and, and Bill Clinton, and I mean, you know, just a bunch of big wigs. I mean, come on, you know. Wow. And uh, did you get into the talking about the little kid that they would have over there, or uh, supposedly the little girls, or? I mean, they just had their way. You know, we, you know, we, they were just trafficking these these young chicks. You know what wow. I mean? You know, they were all underage. You know, under the guise of just coming to. You know, give this guy a massage. You pay you two hundred bucks, and and then it just would all go south once they were there. You yeah. know, yeah. Uh, uh, it, other than that, did you ever get to watch the? Um, I watched a couple of documentaries that I really enjoy off of Netflix. Uh, it's kind of a weird, some weird shit. Uh, Waco is the way. Oh, uh, that's another one too. I saw. You know, that was that was that was pretty crazy too. Yeah, you know that mean? one. Um, did you ever see uh, Tiger King? That was another good one too, you know. That dude. I, I mean, I, we've been off for you know quite some time, so you know, I've I probably watched everything, you know. Okay. That interests me as as far as that that goes, you know. That'll work. That'll work. So now, um, 
other than that, what is one thing that you can say that you miss doing that possibly you were doing before this quarantine took place? Just being at the office every day working. Yeah. You know, uh, just, you know, try to get ahead, you know, and uh, just a workaholic, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, the weekends to me are not weekends. You know, if I got to work on Sunday, I'm going to work on Sunday. You yeah. know what I mean? Just, uh, I'm just really serious about, you know, what I do and what I'm doing now and with um, wh whom I'm doing it with, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's one thing that I will say. We never had a chance to meet in the 90s, but I've heard so many things about you. Uh, when I would uh, talk to Jerry, it was, oh, Pablito, Pablito. That name was always around in the industry. Oh, he's a workaholic. He's always working. He's always this. He's always busy. He's always that. So that was always a good positive thing that I always heard from you coming, especially coming from Jerry, from Jerry Heller. Um, now, now, uh, where at did you originally grow up at? Uh, in the Florence District of Los Angeles and basically all through like South Central Los Angeles. Okay. So I'm a native. Okay. And uh, you a sports guy? Um, I was when I was younger, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, baseball was my thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I played Little League at Roosevelt Park for, okay. for several years. Um, and, um, you know, I was just a baseball junkie, you know? Okay. Uh, favorite, you have any favorite uh, baseball teams, like professional? I mean, I'm a Dodgers fan, you know? Who, who, who isn't, you know? Right, exactly, you know? exactly. You know, there was a meme that said uh, it had a Dodgers cap. On the meme, and it says, "If your boyfriend doesn't have one of these, you have a girlfriend." So, <laughs> so, so, and I, right, believe, right, I believe it's true. Right. So, uh, Dodgers all day, baby. Hopefully, That's they right. come back strong. That's right. Uh, now, um, you being in the music industry for many, many years, uh, what type of music did you grow up? Because if I, if I understand correctly, you came from a, a music family. Well, you know, my dad was a musician, okay. you know, um, you know, my dad uh, grew up in like City Terrace, East L.A., you know, Montebello area later on. And um, he was a musician, you know, and back then, you know, he would say that, you know, you know, all the parties in high school, uh, you know, gigs and whatnot, all, it was all live bands. You know what I mean? It wasn't, you know, like we have DJs now and, you know, back then there was no DJs. It was just all live music, you know, so... My dad was in a pretty popular high school band, and you know, he, you know, he made. Uh, I guess they had this battle of the bands in L.A. back then, and you know, he, they were like one of the final bands to to make it, and um, you know, so he was, you know, he heavily influenced me in music, you know, at a very young age. You know what I mean? You know, my dad was into everything. You know what I mean? It's like this. I see it like this. If you really sit here and try to say, oh well, you know, I just really like. Uh, you know, country, R&B, or whatever. I mean, to me, it's kind of hypocritical. There's just so much good music out there just to say that you just like this one, you know? So, you know, I grew up on, like, he was a big, like, Jimi Hendrix and Doors fan, you know, like yeah. A through Z, you know? And, uh, you know, my dad was a hippie, you know, and, uh, you know, but at the same token, you know, you know, he, you know, he, was playing Teddy Pendergrass and, you know, Earth, Wind and Fire, you know what I mean? So it just, it, it varied, you know, but just, just all good music, you know what I mean? When music was music, you know? Yeah, yeah. Did, did you at all play any instruments knowing that he yeah, was Yeah, like, you know, for a while, like, you know, uh, you know, me and my dad would jam, you know what I mean? Like, he played guitar and, and I remember some of the, you know, uh, matter of fact, Magoo's, one of Magoo's uncles sold us a, a drum set you know what I mean? 
And uh, it was missing, I think, like the floor time and a couple time times. But I had a couple cymbals and the kick and the snare and whatnot. So we would just jam, you know, my dad played guitar. He was a good musician, keyboard player. And we would just, you know, we would just do our thing and jam and, you know, all okay. through the night and and whatnot. You know, we've had a lot of good times, you know. We had, we, like, like, in our backyard, we had this fire pit. You know, everybody buys those fire pits in Ensenada and, you know what I mean? The ones that got, like, a face and whatnot. And, right. You know, so we would burn wood in the background, in the backyard, and just jam and, you know, and, you know, just do our thing until, you know, it's time to right, right. So, call so a night. How come you never continued pursuing it in music? Was it just not your thing? You just like doing it as a hobby? Um, I'm just really like, my attention span, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> my patience, it's like, you know, um, it was cool and, you know, I just, just would just get into other things, you know what I mean? Right. Other things would come up, you know, whether, you know, no matter what it was, but, um, uh, he, he just was a big influence in music all the way around. You know what I mean? Like I, one, one thing about that I could really say about him is that, you know, I was blessed to just be exposed to all the music that he, you know, showed me as I was a, in diapers, you know, all the right. way to, you know. Okay. You know, I interviewed certain uh, people that I would consider like West Coast OGs. Uh, even though one of them could be considered an OG from coast to coast. I interviewed like Violet Brown here. Um, She's Arab an OG. Yes. Uh, Arabian Prince. Another one. Lonzo, clientele, uh, Calvin Anderson, the owner of VIP Records. Okay. And and I asked him this, this question and I'm going to ask you the same thing because you're also in the music industry. And I think it's an important question. When you first heard hip hop or, you know, slash rap, um, did you think it was in a state or did you think it was possibly just a fad when you first started hearing it? I mean, I, I just was, it just freaked me out. You know what I mean? Cause like, it, like I said, growing up, you know, it was like the Beatles and just all kind of different type of, you know, old blues groups, BB King and, you know, all the hippie stuff and whatnot. But when I, you know, in the street is when I learned all that music and came across all that music and Uncle Jam's Army and all that other stuff and Midnight Star and when like when songs like Freakazoid came out, I mean, I just thought, you know what I mean? It was just, right. you know, it was just, it was a whole new world, you know what I mean? And, right. And I never really kind of thought of it was going to, you know, stay or go. I was just so into it, you know, it didn't, that really didn't matter to me, you know what I mean? Okay. It just was just like... You know, you know, I'm going to go with it as long as it goes. You yeah. know what I mean, hopefully it goes forever, you know, but, you know, in, in music, you know, everything involves in, with, you know, time and, you know, like, you know, disco was here, you know, disco's right. not here no more, you know. Right, right. Okay. Um, did you have your favorites during that time that you used to listen to? Used it to was just, I mean, just grew up on all that, that whole era, era you know, uh, you know, of course, N.W.A., I mean, Houdini and, you know, I could just go on and on, Biz Markie and... I was a big fan of like so Sonic Force and yes. African Bombada and you know those type of you know those type of groups you know all the stuff from the East Coast that was yeah. big that came here that like Tony and Julio would would blow up on K Day yeah. you know what I mean if it wasn't for those guys we probably wouldn't even know who any of those groups were yeah yeah so now at what point because you know there's so much that I want to ask you and so much that I want to cover. And I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit. So, and I know this is kind of a broad question, but I want to ask, like, what encouraged you, what inspired you, what motivated you to start getting into the music industry? 
Well, I mean, I've always loved music, you know, first and foremost. And I never really thought like, wow, you know, could, you know, one make a living doing this? You know what I mean? And how I was even brought into this whole scenarios with through Toker and the Brown side. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I was running, I mean, I've known that guy for almost half my life. You know what I mean? Wow. Him and I were running the streets of South Central LA like there was no tomorrow. And like during those times, you know, Easy was still alive, obviously, you know what I mean? And he would always like, let's go to the studio, man. let's go to the studio, studio, studio. And I was into other stuff and I really wasn't kind of tripping on the studio. You know, the studio to me was like, you know, we would always go to the G spot, you know, Tony's place. And, you know, we'd go and hang out, but it would always be like, you know, they, you know, they were doing their thing, it was all dope and everything, but it'd be like hours and hours and hours, you know what I mean? We'd get out of there like three, four in the morning all the time, you know, and I was, you know, it was, it was cool and everything, but, you know, Toker, was that, that, that was his thing, you know, him and Easy were pretty inseparable, you know, and, uh, you know, he obviously was signing Ruthless Records and Jerry and whatnot. So, um, I guess it, you know, it kind of took off from there, you know, something sparked, there was a spark, you know, that just turned on in my head or whatever you want to call it. And I just said, hey, let me just poke at this. But it wasn't until like after the fact, you know, it okay. wasn't until like, you know, you know, Toker was, you know, went to, you know, he had a, you know, he had caught a murder case. He was fighting, you know, a hot one for like, you know, several years. And once he finally went to jail and, you know, and, you know, uh, you know, Tony and I, you know, put the situation together. You know, we brought Jerry Hill out of retirement. You know, he's, he died in 95 and, and, um, we brought Jerry out of retirement in the year 2000. And, you know, we went at it, you know, at a, at a, at a top tier level, you know, and, yeah. and we, you know, we, we, you know, this Chicano rap uh, movement in the year 2000, um, you know, was what we were into. We had, a, you know, we had a strong lineup. You know, we were happy with our lineup. We had Jerry, you know, we, we you know, we, you know, we were doing it, you know what yeah. I mean? But, you know, unfortunately, you know. For, for the people that may not know, uh, when we say Jerry, Jerry Heller, uh, uh, which was uh, Easy's NWA's manager. Yeah. Right? And when we say Tony, Tony G, because sometimes a lot of people say, who, what Tony was he talking about? So I kind of like to clear things up. Yeah, Tony G. Tony G, the producer yeah. of Minterosa, La Raza. La Raza, yeah. And so many other hits. Yes, yes. And uh, so is it safe to say that you met all of those guys possibly through Toker? Yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, that's how I met, you know, Tony and, you know, Julio and all the rappers that were at the G-Spot at the time, you mm -hmm. know. You know, Toker was a frequent flyer at that spot, you know what okay. I mean? And, you know, they were doing his first record, you know, Tony and Julio are the ones that put his first record together, you okay. know, I, you know. Now, you get together with Tony, uh, I guess like you said around 2000, if I'm correct. You guys bring Jerry Heller um, <sighs> out of retirement. And what, what was the plan, if you could share, like, I know you guys wanted to attack the, if you will, the Chicano market. And uh, like, did you guys talk like, Tony, we need more producers, Tony, we need Jerry, we need a studio. Can you share with us? Well, you know, me and Tony kind of put this together. Like we would go back. I, I would go to the G spot. You know, I don't. You know, I don't know why I ended up going there to begin with. But we connected and uh, we just started talking. You know, you know, studio and label and whatnot. And you know, me and Tony kicked it around for for a couple minutes. And I says, okay, well, you know, let's really do this. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I got together with you know some some of my people and you know we put this situation together that was was 
was, you know, was something to reckon with, you know? Right, right, okay. You know? And um, did it take a lot to convince Jerry to come out of retirement? Oh, no. I mean, to be honest with you, Jer I guess Jerry and Tony had been talking about, you know, I guess Jerry was waiting for this, this deal to come through or this type of distribution situation or something because Jerry was down with the Chicano movement. You know, that, that was what Jerry wanted to do next. You know what I mean? You know, Jerry was about, you know, numbers and, and he was a numbers guy. And, um, you know, he said, you know, demographics, you know, you know, let alone, there's so many of us here in other words he's like you know his philosophy was if we just keep popping it in the epicenter of those demographics you know you're bound to hit one so we had been kicking it around kicking around and then you know I, I got this studio and it took a lot of construction a lot of you know stuff that was done there and you know I mean, we put in a nightclub and a movie theater and had a you know, several offices and several recording studios and, you know, it was quite a place, you know. Yeah. And um, so I'll never forget this. So we were kind of like telling Jerry that, you know, hey, you know, we, we got this scenario and we're putting this, you know, the studio together and we want you to come and see it, you know. And Jerry was like a little kid, you know, he would call us up and say, hey, man, you know, when are you going to come and, you know, when do I get to see it and, you know, so on and so forth. We're like, just, you know, we're almost there, we're almost there. So actually what we did is like, we put this whole office together. I mean, we, we, we completely pimped out this whole building from top to bottom. So we already set up his office. You know what I mean? Like we put furniture and facts and, you know, phones and everything in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was just turnkey. All I had to do is walk in, you know, and just sit down and start working, you know, right, right, right. you know, down to the stationary, everything. So on each one of our doors, we had our name. You know, mine was P. Vasquez, and I had one. His office was right next to mine. I had one sign made by the name, and I put J. Peller, right? So the day we invited him to come to the studio, he was all happy. You know, he drove all the way from Calabasas. You know, we were in the Pico Union District, you know yeah. what I mean? So it was a, a little ways for him. So, you know, he parks, and, you know, we start walking him through this place, and he's just freaking out. You know, he can't believe his eyes, you know what I mean? And and um you know and by the end of the tour he was like okay man where's my office you know what i mean so i handed him that 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 sign to put on his door and he just wow bugged out you know what i mean and from like the next day on you know he would drive all the way from calabasas like every day wow to come and get down with us you know? yeah yeah so now uh uh, you gave me this picture when you built this studio because I never had the opportunity. I always heard of Hitterlich. I always heard of it. I had a meeting with Jerry because Jerry was would talk to me, said, we want you to be down with us. It, it was one phone call. I want you to be down with us. Uh, come meet with me. Uh, we're going to need some productions. Uh, cool, Jerry. I'm there. And uh, this was during the time I was working with Melo from 96 to 98, but it was a little bit after that when he, he hit me up. Mello was signed with us there. Yeah, 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 and that's what I want to get to. You had several studios in this building. Yeah, several offices. Yeah, a nightclub. Yeah, a theater, and a green room, and a green room. Yeah, all in the studio. Yeah, it was like thirty thousand square feet. You know what I mean? It was huge. And uh, may I ask, how much did you invest into this whole place? Oh my God, you want me to have a heart attack and faint right here? I mean, it's it's it's. It was a lot, you okay. know what I mean? You know, and you know, and, and okay, 
and uh, it just hurt to see you know right. what, what became of that after we put so much into it and and you know had brought Jerry out of retirement and you know I learned a lot quick Tony right. about the movement and right. and where this the, the state of the business was really at you know what okay. I mean you know after putting in all that money right you know what I mean it was no like oh well let me just stop here and Right, you know. No, we went all in. You know, okay. we, we put our money where our mouths were. Right. You know I mean? The reason why I'm bringing this out, why I believe it was important for me to interview you, is because there are people out there today in this Chicano rap movement that possibly had never heard of what you were trying to do with, you know, legendary guys like Tony G, Julio G, and Jerry Heller. You know, they, they don't know that this was about to take, if you will, this movement or this genre of music to a whole different other level. Because that's what Jerry always told me. He always says, what I'm doing with Pablito, I'm gonna do what I did with NWA. That's what he told me. He goes, we can, we're gonna go further. He goes, I'm gonna prove everybody that I could do this one more time with my team. We were exactly set up for that. Okay. All across the board. Yeah. You know, you know, it's just, it, you know, just, you know, it's just, <laughs> Okay, you know, now, b before we get to that, I have to ask you, and I believe the fans want to know, can you give us some of the names of the artists that you guys have signed? I know it's a, it was a lot of them. Yeah. Um, well, we had Frost, we had Mellow Man Ace, you know, we had the G Fellas, which, con which consisted of Slow Pain and Eno Brown. Um, you know, ALT was there. Um, we had this one group called um, Eastside Ghetto. Was Slim and um, and Malice, uh, Little Blackie, yeah, uh, maybe a couple other I can't remember, but but everybody basically in that genre stepped to us. Yes, when we were first coming out, and I mean all the rappers, you know, basically in that genre, looking to you know to get a deal with us or see how they could come aboard and whatnot. But we had our hands full at the time, and we felt at the time with with whom we had. You know, will get us a good jump start. You know, right? You know, and that's what um, the whole talk in LA at that time was. These guys are signing every dope Chicano rapper. That was the rumor. Okay, and I knew it was true because once I got that call from Jerry, I knew it was true. Okay, and um, so you guys signed all these guys to Hitterlick Records. Uh, uh what, what inspired Hitterlick, the the name? I mean. At the time, we were just throwing a lot of names around and, and you know, hit a lick, you know, just, you know, that had that chime and it's just something that at least I felt, you know, I was uh, uh, pretty uh, familiar with, you know what I mean? Right. I've been hitting licks forever, you know right. what I mean? Right. So, um, I thought it was a dope name and, you know, we ran with it and we came up with this logo and... You know, we put it out there. Okay. Other than possibly a Tony G, a Julio G, what other rap, what other producers, I should say, uh, were working with you guys at the time? Well, I mean, the only ones that kind of really we worked with um, besides Tony, you know, because we were trying to, you know, figure out other ways or other, you know, you know, uh, not only with other production, just with collabs and whatnot. You know, we were just trying to just turn that page, you know. But we were working with like Battle Cat, okay, Fred Wreck, okay, you know what I mean, and a couple little up and coming producers that were dope, you know what I mean? Okay, and now Ronnie King was a was a was a 
was a guy that helped us out a lot. That you know, just a now, now Ronnie a King. Mate. We're talking about the keyboardist. Ronnie okay. King's the man. Yeah, yeah, we're not talking about the, the Ronnie King that got beat up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. Much much love to, to Ronnie King because I work with him. Yeah, yeah, and punk rocker looking dude. You know, keyboard stand up guy. You know, and the guy, very, very talented guy, mastered the mini moog. That guy yeah, can play yeah. the fucking yeah. mini mook. Yeah. He, he's incredible. Uh, he did a lot of my stuff on my Mellow Manics album that never came out. Yeah. You know, and uh, so uh, much love for him. But you guys had it all stacked. You guys were ready to go. Um, you guys are now producing records now, uh, or yeah, we had several records on on. on pretty much everybody. You know, I still got several records. I, I mean, I probably got like ten unreleased records, just you know, in okay. my garage. You know what I mean? Okay. I got songs with, you know, a lot of people. Okay. Yeah. Now, you guys are producing records. What is it that you guys were looking for at the time? Were you guys looking to go independently or looking for a distribution deal, looking for a record deal for some of these artists like Phil well, and Well, look, obviously, Jerry is going to have all the top-notch people walk through our door. Yes. You know what I mean? So we were dealing with guys like, Irving Azoff, you know okay. what I mean? You know, Irving Azoff, if, if people don't know, you know, at the time he was managing the, the top 200 groups in the world. He owned Live Nation. Wow. You know? So, and, and one thing I, I'll never forget, when he came down to the studio, he started studio and he was blown away. He was like, oh, I want to do a private party in this club with Christina Aguilera, um, you know, and whatnot. But I remember, I don't know where we were, but I ended up jumping in the car with him and we drove back to the studio and Jerry was following someone else. We were having lunch or something, I remember. And one thing that he told me, and it was true, and it, you know, and it's like, it made, me, it made me really think after he said that. And I was like, wow, I'm already in already. You know what I mean? I'm all in already. Was, you know, he says, if I can't get you a, a deal, nobody can. And, you know, he's the deal I wanted to go with because, you know. He was the man. He's the man. Yeah. Even to this day, you know what I mean? You know, right. He just sold the forum with, you know, to the guy that uh, uh, owns the Clippers. You know what I mean? Wow. He's partnered up with the guy that owned the forum. You know what I mean? So he pretty much tells you, if I, if there's anybody that's going to get you a deal, it's going to be me. Right? Yeah. And if, and if, if it ain't going to be me, then basically told me good luck and he was right you know jerry you know jerry you know what jerry did what he could with us you know what i mean you know it's you know so you know we got this little distribution situation with triple x this company called triple x and then you know we we wanted to take it to the next level possibly so we went with um Koch, you know this, mm -hmm. by the name this guy by the name of alan grumblatt new york and you know and by the time we were kind of halfway in our deal with him uh, you know it was just time to call it a day you know okay okay here's what we're gonna do we're gonna go ahead and take a break but when we come back I want you to fill in the audience did that deal ever take place yeah it's, okay it took place yeah okay yeah. well let's talk about it when we get back no problem as a matter of fact I'm gonna grab me a drink you want no, one? Uh, no I'm good I don't, <laughs> I don't drink actually but enjoy okay. all good all good okay everybody once again um, shit's just shit's getting good I have so much I want to ask if I go longer, please bear with me. You should be home anyways. You're in curfew. You're actually going to be going anywhere. Okay, so make sure you call somebody, text somebody. You know, we'll break a bottle or somebody's fucking head and let them know that Pablito's in the motherfucking building. We'll be back in 10 minutes. Don't go nowhere. Curfew, homie. We're back, everybody. 
with Pablito episode 63 and I'm not gonna I'm gonna stop bullshitting and just jump right back into it Pablito how you doing <laughs> good man good <laughs> you know I like that I can make you laugh yeah no you're, you're a funny guy man I like that you, you know um so you're in the car with Irving Azoff and he tells you that if anybody can get your deal it's gonna be me did that deal ever go through no I mean Look, that would have been the deal of the lifetime. I mean, you, it, there was nobody bigger than, in, in the entire music business right. than Irving Azoff. Look him up. Okay. You know what I mean? He was the biggest guy in the business and probably still is to the, right, as we speak. You know I mean? There's other guys, but he's the top five, or top three. Right. To, to this day. So inquiring minds want to know, you have so much talent. You know, you had the legal advice of Jerry Heller, top producers, gold and platinum, you know, Chicano artist. Can you share with us why it didn't go through? I mean, it's like, you know, it just goes back to why this whole genre is not even where it should be. Okay. You know, it's like, it's, if everybody stuck together and just and wouldn't hate on each other, we just got hated on everywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, people, you know, we, 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 we came out the gate just, you know, you know, we had Jerry and, you know, you know, it gave us a big spread in LA Times and whatnot. So we came out pretty strong and with the production and the facility and the whole nine. And we just, we just, people just hating, you know, everywhere. You know what I mean? Right. You know, and, and it's just, uh, it's just, you know, sad. You know what I mean? It's like at that point, you know, what could I do? I'm already all in. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you know, I just think if 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 everybody really stuck together and really was about what they talk about, oh yeah, and this, we're down with the movement, all this other, this and that, you know what I mean? You know, don't talk about it, be about it, you know what I mean? You know, people are not dumb. They can see that you're really about that and doing that, you know what I mean? But everybody just hates on each other, you know what I mean? Even to this day. Yes. You know, Frost came out in what, 1990? 1990. And we're in 2020? That's what, 30 years? Yes. And where is this genre, you know, what is it, you know, you know, formed into, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not hating. I want it to be big. I want it to be mainstream. I want to see all these Chicano rappers in the, you know, the top 40, if not the top 10, you know what I mean? Right. But it's just, I mean, I just, it was just very discouraging, you know what I mean? And I don't see much of anything changed to this day, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, a lot of, I mean, interrupt you, but a lot of the production is like, still in the 90s and you know everybody's west coast out and don't get me wrong i'm west coast out myself but if you're going to give me a west coast record to go try to take to a warner brothers or someone i have a deal with they're going to look at me and say pablito this you know we're in 2020 and you know this is like 30 years old you know what i mean yeah i don't want to walk in there and have them, you know, say that to me. I want them to, I want to walk in there and say, yeah, let's sign this cat, you know, sign this kid, let's sign this girl. Right. Was it, fuck, I mean, to say the least, was it very discouraging other than yourself to everybody else who was on board that it just wasn't going to happen? I mean, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I can't speak for everyone else, you know, I'm sure, but it's like, um, it's just, 
we just have to finally realize that look, we're just beating a dead horse here. You yeah. know what I mean? And if and if we don't if we don't pull the plug here, it was our choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, you know, as 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 smart businessmen, you know what I mean? Right. Because had we not, you know, we, you know, I'd probably be living in the street right now. You know what I mean? From the time that you opened up that studio and you guys pretty much just went live, okay, and said we're going forward, and from the time that you pulled the plug, how long was that time? Probably like two years. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't long, you know what I mean? And you know, and and we gave it our best shot, you know what I mean? I mean, Jerry was making those calls, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, bringing in a lot of heavy cats, a lot of a lot of big people. But you know, at the end of the day, these music executives and these labels and they're all numbers people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if your numbers are not there, you know, then there's not really much to talk about with them. We yeah. could talk that we're the shit and we're the dopest and my hood, all this other stuff. But to them, I mean, I'm with it, you know. But to them, it's it's, it's you know they they see numbers, you know they yeah. they see them black and white, you know, and they'll start a conversation with you. But until then, yeah, they don't even know that it exists, right? And 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 you know, I'm sure they'd want to, like you know, they would, you know what I mean? Trust me, they'd be the first one to jump in it, you know, if the numbers were there, right? There's one thing that I need to point out, and I think it's important for people to know that love this genre and that want to see, if you will, our culture, our Chicanos brethren, you know, and brothers and sisters to climb that ladder on why it never has. And you said something that I believe was very key. You said the hate. If we can narrow it down, would you say that some of it was hate between some of the artists within the label? Oh, I mean, look, that's a whole other episode, and I really don't want to kind of get into that, but yeah, 100%. Okay, okay. The minute we signed, you know, we brought Frost in, you know what I mean? It's like people were like, you know, everybody wanted to be the, the, the artist of our label, you know what I mean? Right. Which is fine, you know what I mean? But we didn't look at it like that, you know what I mean? To us, you know, we didn't think, you know, we didn't you know do that on purpose or nothing. We're just trying to just, you know, make the our you know, complete our puzzle and make our situation as, as, as big and as bold as possible at that time. You know what I mean? Right. You know, so it was nothing personal on nobody. It was just, they were just all business moves. You know what I mean? But again, a lot of these artists, you know, and, and they really should, you know, learn the business. Yeah. You know, you really got to learn the business, you know. You, how can you be in a business that you're in that you know nothing about? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, that's that's really important, you know. You know, me and my team um, are putting together a documentary, and we talked about it before. We want to shine light on our people and on our culture and on the music. Um, you know, I don't think we're ever going to become millionaires from a documentary, but I do want to shine light, I believe, on a genre that I believe people either don't even look at, don't even care about, or don't even flinch, but there is a market out there. Is it huge? I believe that there is a market out there. Now... Can it be better? Absolutely. We talked about producers. We talked about rappers that many times, many Chicanos just pr produce rap over beat and just flood the market. And let's be honest with a bunch of bullshit, a bunch of garbage, just to have something out at the swamp meets or at the car shows. You know, and it's, it's, and guys like you know, you know, I, I know too. I see right through it. You know what I mean? My little sister could make music like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know. I try to, you know, 
I wonder why they do that. You know what I mean? I guess it's because it's just, hey, I want to be, you know, you know, this guy from here, whatever, you know what I mean? But if I think if if they really took the time out to, you know, to meticulously, you know, hone their skills and and really um you know, just you know, get into real production, you know what I mean? Right. You know, I'm not I'm not dissing nobody or nothing. I mean, I'm just trying to let people know what the other side of the table is looking for. So if you right. want to get in the door with them, this is what it's going to require. You right. know what I mean? You know, and it comes down to like, you know, your age, you know, it's the first, you go to, you know, I take a project to a label or something or the female or male or whatever. The first thing they ask is how old is he? You know what I mean? And, um, you know, and, you know, you got to be marketable. Yeah. You know what I mean, you're looking for that Ken or Barbie type scenario, you know what I mean? Right. Unfortunately, you right. know what I mean? You know? You know, within this documentary, what we did, before we told people that we were going to make one, we asked them questions that were going to apply to the documentary, that we were going to re-ask, if you will. And uh, many of them that I interviewed here, I usually asked them off camera. And I asked them this. Why do you think Chicano rap has never went to that next level? Okay, I asked these individuals this, and I can name them, but I'm not. And they all said this. If I asked 40 of them, I would say at least 35 said this, because we hate on each other. Well, make me 36. Okay. You know what I mean? Because that's the God honest truth. You know what I mean? It's yes. like, we, we could look, Tony, it's like me and you could talk and say, hey, Tony, I'm down with you, this and that and other, and oh, probably this and that and other. But the minute we turn our backs on each other, oh, man, Tony thinks it's this, or oh, probably just talks too much. You know what I mean? It happens all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's a shame. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there's, the demographics are so strong. You know yes. what I mean? They're so big. Yes. You know? And, and and to me, there's kind of no excuse, you know what I mean? There's a lot of, there's a lot of Chicano talent out there, a lot, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, it's just, it's just, it starts with each other and, 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 you know what I mean? If you don't support me and I don't support you, then, you know, where's it going to go? If I don't buy your product, you don't buy mine, who's right. going to buy it? We got to show somebody that, you know, it's being bought, you know? Right. You know, sometimes I will put when I post my flyers on my Instagram or my Facebook or even on my YouTube story, okay? Sad to say, and I, I'm not going to mention no names, but I will say this, that people right away, wow, Tony, you got this lame motherfucker. <laughs> wow, Tony, you got that half Salvadorian son of a bitch. Wow, Tony, I can't believe you got, that motherfucker can't rap. That son of a bitch is a tweaker. That, and you know what I do? I'll be honest with you. I'll leave those comments up there so that we can see how we shoot each other in the football. We don't allow each other. Look at other races and the, how they comment on each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and that would, you know, probably add a little more, you know, shed a little more light to what we're talking about. You know yeah. I mean? it, and it's unbelievable. And then if they don't comment, they'll DM me. Hey, man, well, why are you going to have that fucking lame? He only has one song. And I'm like, why can't you just be happy for him? Why is it so hard to to be happy for him? You know, usually when I tell Chicano rappers when they come here and I said, if I can help you do anything in your career, I would like to help you surpass anything that I possibly 
may have accomplished for you to go further and for you to open the door for the next guy. That's the only way. But we need more people to think like this and not, you know, to involve the fucking gang element and say, where's that motherfucker from? Well, that, that lame is from over here. And that, man, and it's just never ending. Well, the gang element is the industry don't want any part of that. You know what I mean? You know, ever since death row, you know what I mean? All the executives and labels, they don't want no part of that. Any gang element at all, you yeah. know? So, you know, that's just the way that is. You know what I mean? Nobody could change that, only them. Right. And they own this industry. Yes. So what am I going to go do and try to convince them that, no, you know, they're, they're going to shut me down. Right. I know better to even go and tell them, hey, you know what? I got this little homie and this and that. Now, as much as I want to, you know, as much as I want to say, look, this little homie's tight, spits flames. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You know, okay, uh, there's been some rappers that have come here. If you ask me, and I, I'm still thinking 80s and I'm still thinking 90s. Um, before I take you to a, a record label, I think you need at least about, you're about two years away from your development. Your, it's your called skill. artist development. You know what I mean? Thank and, you. You know, it's, 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 it, 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 it's, it's just standard in this business. If you're not turnkey ready to go right this second, yeah, don't take it personal, you know, because if we're even talking or if we're even showing interest in you, then you know, you know, it's just a little. It's all about a little artist development. It doesn't hurt. It, just, right. it helps. You're honing your skills. You know, you got guidance from real experienced people that've been in the business. You know, type right. of scenario. Now today, when I've told people that, many of them, not all of them, took that wrong. No, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I told this one person. You're, I said, you're a little too green. Your skills are there. But I would say... You want to get up and fight with you or something, probably. You know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, that. okay, that, that's I'm going to go back to that. You know what I mean? If it was, like, let's say, for example, you know, in, in any other race, you know, they'd, they'd be like, okay, Tone, you know, they, they, with Jerry, amongst themselves, it, they're more like, They'll try to help you achieve that and vice versa. That's why their race is ahead of everybody. Yes. You know what I mean? They'll show you the way, they'll help you, they'll guide you. And one thing he even told me too is like, you know, let's say for example, like we didn't like each other, Tom. Mm -hmm. But there was this business venture that, you know, that we, we could get involved in where you and I can make money. But our race and the Chicano culture and everything, they'd be like, man, I'm gonna fucking work with Tone. Fuck you, man. Fuck Pablito. You know what I mean? Work with their culture, there is, they'll work with each other. Jerry's like, hey, man, I'll work with him from nine to five. After five o'clock, I don't go, I don't gotta hang out with him. Yeah. And they'll get money all day long. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's the difference right there. If we thought like that, you know what I mean? We'd be ahead. Yeah. You know, but we're cussing each other out, trying to kill each other, you know what I mean? And hating on each other, you know what I mean? And where are we going to end up? Where are we going? Where are we going to be? Yeah. Nowhere. Nowhere. Dead or in jail. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or just your, you know, it's, it's you know, I've learned a lot from them and how they function, how they think and, you know what I mean? And they don't really let too many people other than their own in their circle. You know what yeah. I mean? You really got to show them that. You know, you're a stand-up real person for that. You know what I mean? Right. You, you know, and so 
I would share what little knowledge I have, and I would tell him, man, you're probably about a year to two years away <laughs> from really arriving. Well, they ain't I, trying to hear that. No, no Maya was coming out next week. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then after that, you know, maybe their album lasted about a month. I'm already working on my EP. And I'm like, but even a lot of these Chicano rappers, they have like a hundred thousand followers. You yes. can't even get them on the phone. You know what I mean? Can you, you know? say that again? I mean, you know, and I'm not, you know, it's like, why? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Especially if I'm somebody that could potentially help you take you to the next level. Thank you. I'm not hating on you. I'm trying to help you. You know what I mean? I see something in you. Yes. You know what I mean? You'll be surprised how many people that, and I say this in the most humblest way that I can say it. Some of the people that I've contacted for interviews, I know, Pablito, that I have had more history than these guys. I know I do. And I know that they know that. But they, for some reason, act like they're royalty. You know, and... You know, it's sad, you know, without mentioning any names, you know, the majority of them do, you know what I mean? And I don't know why, you know what I mean? It's like, why, you know what I mean? Yeah. Are you headlining the Staples Center? Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, it's, it's, it's just sad, you know what I mean? And that's why, since La Raza to 2020, there hasn't been much noise in, 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 in that mark, in this genre. And that's 30 regardless years. Of what, 30 years, man. And a lot of these rappers that were back in those days and those times are still making records and still doing, making uh, music. Yeah. So, I mean, when are you going to realize that, you know what I mean? You know, you're 40 years old. 50. 50. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and it's pretty sad because, fuck, what I'm about to say might sound weird, but I wish in my lifetime I can see this genre, if you will, climb the next the next level. But will we see it? I mean, is there talent out there that potentially could could break those barriers? I believe there is. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know. I've, I've been looking for them, and you know, you know, it's, it's, I, be, I, I believe that that could happen, you know, but you know, it's going to be too hard when people are just right. talking shit about each other and stabbing each other in the back, and you know, I'm gonna smile in your face and offer you my hand, but the minute you know we turn around, it's like you know, it's, right. it's just that's the main thing, right? It's been thirty years, Tom. Yeah, I mean, come on, thirty years. Thirty years. A generation has passed. You know, and it, we're still pretty much in the same place. Southern music at uh, indoor swamp meets, outdoor swamp meets, and car shows. I mean, the only person that in at, at, in those times that was really doing it, in, in my eyes, you know, and it was like a Texas thing, was, was SPM. He got that big universal deal, and, you know, he was on his way. You know, and that's, you know, shout out to Bash. You know, Bash was smart. You know what I mean? Bash was like for the ladies and, and you know, no one's going to get hurt behind Bash's music. You know what I mean? Right. He had a real good run. You know what I mean? Right. Bash was smart. He went out to Texas and made it happen. You know what I mean? He could have stuck out here and, you know, and, and continued to, you, know, you right. know. But he went out there and did his thing, man. You know, and still doing his thing. You, you know, one thing that I encourage producers today, because, you know, a lot of people would say, and you knew Easy personally, uh, a lot of people would say, Easy e was not a rapper. Hey, Dre brought the best out of him, okay? And made, you know, records that will last a lifetime, okay? I said that to say this. 
Even though people may say he was never a rapper, Dre got him to sound like it. He always rapped, okay? Today, I believe what's lacking in the Chicano community, and I've been in the studios so I can talk where good rappers, the producer maybe might get him to do with 16 bars twice, and I know he could have gotten better. Okay, we're good. And that's it. And I told the guy, hey, man, you know what? Um, I know this is your session, but can you have him run it again? I think he can get a little bit. No, he was cool. He was, he was on beat. I like his shit. I don't give a fuck. And, and, and that was it. A That's lot why the majority of music sounds the way it does. Yes. A lot of the blame has to be put on producers as well. You know, and, and, and then if you're just getting beats emailed to you, there's no chemistry between you and the producer. You know, well, if you're just a half-assed kind of person, anyway, you know what I mean. It's just, that's just the way it's gonna, it's gonna come out. You know what I mean. You gotta get really meticulous with it. You know what I mean. Right. You gotta get into it. You know what I mean. You can't just, you know, I, I'm not gonna mention the names, but you know, this 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 rapper I know, would, you know, was shot me this beat. And, you know, I'm looking out for him. I want him to come up in this genre and this that and other. Right. I feel he's got a good shot and whatnot. But he shot me this beat, like, yeah, little homie made this beat, and check it out, it's dope. So I heard it and everything, and it's like, wow, man, you know, what did he make this on, you know what I mean? You know, like a Fisher Price. Uh, yeah, what did he mix it in, gas station bathroom? I mean, and, you know, and I'm not dissing the little dude, but it's like, I told him, just look, you know, just be patient, you know what I mean? And just don't pick any beat that anybody shoots at you, you know what I mean? Just try to... Find something that fits and suits right. you and, and just make sure it's dope. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, look, Tone, as much as I love the West Coast and the West, it's not another, you know, it's it's like you got to move with the times. You know what yes, I mean? Of course. You know, it, you know, as much as I want the West to be the West as it was in the 90s today, it's just not. You know what I mean? Right. You know, and, and, and you know, so, you know, there's other... You know, Chicano rappers that I see and hear that are moving with the times production-wise, and that's good, you know what I mean? Because it's still good music at the end of the day, and the times are the times. Right. You know, whether you like the top rappers that are out today, whether right. you like the the Migos or whomever, it's just not our thing, you know what I mean? It's for the youth. It's, it's you know, right. that's what they thought about when we were listening to the Ghetto Boys or right. or when we were listening to, you know, our music back then. They thought about the, you know, they had the same comments about that music today than right. they did back then, you know what I mean? So it's just different day and age. It's just right. different era, you know? Yeah. And, and I hope people really take heed to your words because once again, you were with the team that was supposed to turn this whole genre, this whole culture into something big and it didn't happen. And I don't believe it had anything to do with you, your the producer or even Jerry it had to do with them. Just you, you're you're absolutely right. You know what I mean? Without getting into it, you know what I mean? Right. But but it's like like I said, you know what I mean? Had I known then, you know, what yeah. I should have known initially, you know, maybe you know, I probably wouldn't have done as big or something. You know okay. what I mean? But um, you know, uh, but like I said, you know, we're in 2020, you know, mm -hmm. halfway through this year, you know, and, you know, where's the songs to, you know, yeah. you know, I, I, I know, I know we mentioned, um, um, let me just throw some songs out there. Like for an example, that's obviously La Raza. Uh, what was the song called? La Familia with, uh, Rich G. Okay. Um, 
Ain't No Sunshine. At least songs that we can listen Inside mention. Rendezvous. Inside you know Rendezvous. I mean? So it's like, you know, those are songs that you could listen to for the, you know, 20 years from now, I'll still be listening to those songs. Where are those songs today? Great question. You know I mean? where, who has those songs where you can say, oh man, you know what I mean? Right. You know? You know? And it's been 30 years. Yes. 20. 30 years is a long time, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm 52. You know? So, yes, I know. 30 years is a fucking long-ass time. And it's funny because um, I've had other rappers here that tell me they're huge in Chicano rap, okay? And I'll drop names. And I'll say, okay, I'm going to drop his name. <laughs> and I want you to give me the song that they will be remembered for. And I will drop the name. They'll be like, <clears throat> um, next one. I drop another name. But you're not hating, Tone. You know, right. you know, you want to be able to say, "Oh, it's this song, this song, this song, this song." You know what I mean? Right. A lot of these artists in their mind, you know, like I said, you know, they they're there already. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's good to have self-esteem and be proud and you know all that, all the above. Yeah. But you know, it's you know, you're, you everybody's got to stick together in order to yeah to to make happen what what you yeah. know. Do, in this day and age, do you still have Chicano rappers trying to get a hold of you and possibly say, hey, man, can you help me? Not at all. You know what I mean? <clears throat> right now, I'm behind what I feel, well, actually, I know is the hottest shit in the street right now. Okay. Please share with us your partnership with your company or what you're doing today. Um, you know, we have, uh, I'm part of this company, you know, called Foundation Media. And I've been blessed to... Uh, be a part of the situation, you know, it was a, uh, a guy by the name of Patrick Hughes, you know, Harvey Russell. Um, before Jerry died, you know, we were kind of, you know, shooting back and forth on certain kind of deals and whatnot. And, you know, uh, you know, these guys like founded the Housewives of Beverly Hills and they packaged movies like Wolves of Wall Street and Life of Pi and so on and so forth. Uh, I could go on and on and on what what they've done, but you know, um, unfortunately, Jerry passed, and you know, after he passed, I was you know was able to link up with these guys, yeah. and uh, uh, I've been with them for several years, and you know, just not very long. You know, it's a, we're a new company, and um, uh, I run head the Latin department. You know what I mean? And um, you know, we're just doing a lot of really cool stuff right now, and. You know, um, I can be more blessed. Yeah. I know that you guys have certain artists there. Um, yeah, we have a rap department. You know, we have a, uh, you know, we, we have clients like, uh, you know, we represent Trippy Red and Little Nas X and uh, G Easy and Little Wayne and, and several others through a new joint venture with this company called Blueprint. It's, okay. We're all one big entity now. And, um, you know, we're heavy, heavy, pretty heavy in the TV, mo movie, and uh, music space. Okay. And uh, you also have something big or new coming out with the Menudo. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, man, I, I, I presented that to the partners I'm just talking about, like, in 2016. Wow. You know, I, I met this guy and he's, uh, uh, out of Florida. They kind of stumbled across the name and, you know, that was a whole long, it's a long story. But anyway, to make a long story short, um, you know, we've been trying to sell this TV show, you know what I mean? And, you know, and, and finally, you know, uh, you know, we hooked up with uh, Audrey Morrissey. She has uh, 
The Voice in Songland. Okay. And uh, Mario Lopez is going to host it. Um, myself and my partners are going to executive produce it. Be a few of the executive producers on the show, and hopefully it'll be coming out on NBC. Okay. And and this is a, uh, if you will, a uh, for people that may not know, a menudo group that came out in the 80s, correct? Yeah. And it, this is, uh, can you fill us in a little bit more detail? Well, it's going to be the new version of it. You know what I mean? Okay. We're going we're gonna, to, you know, do casting for like, um, you know, five, six youngsters that that are just top tier talent, turned key talent. And okay. uh, we're going to put this, this it's going to be like, it's going to be a, a competition show. And then it's going to overlap into another TV show that where they're going to all move in the house and, you know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a big deal. You know, Mario Lopez is very excited about it. You know what I mean? Awesome. It's like, you know, once he got wind of this, it's like something he really wanted to get behind. Yes. And, and we're really happy that, that that you know he's 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 participating in this. Awesome, awesome. Now, um, man, I hate to even say this, but since this is the interview, I have to ask because I don't want to I don't want to sound like I'm beating a dead horse, but for the people to get all the information out of you on where you feel and pretty much how I feel as well. I have to agree with you. Do, do you see any hope for this Chicano rap genre? I mean, of course. I mean, you know, because there's always younger, fresh blood out there and younger, fresh talent. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, you know, those those the, those two little chicks you had here the other night. Yes. It's cool to see that. I think it's really cool to see that, that they're doing that, that they're even putting the effort out to try to, you know, jump into this business and, you know, make a dent and create a wave. So I, I believe there's there's hope, you know what yeah. I mean? But come on, Tony, it's been 30 years, though. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you know, it's, you know, it's, you know, when, you know? Well, you know what, but that, and, that, and that's a good question, when. Uh, I definitely don't have the answer. Um, I wish things would turn around and for the positive, but hate is such a powerful word, but it's true, man. It's, it's true. It's like we're just, you know, we're just hurting ourselves. We're not hurting nobody else. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, and why would we want to hurt ourselves? You know what I mean? Right. Because I think I'm cooler than him or, you know, <laughs> or his, I think his production is whack or, you know, I don't, I don't get along with his hood or, you know, it's like, come on, man, let's just all stick together, you know what I mean? And, Absolutely. you know, and show them yes. that we're a force to be reckoned with, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's enough of us here. There's yeah. enough talent, you know what I mean? Right. You know, there's dope-ass producers, you know, there's, I've heard rappers that spit flames, you know, there's yeah. chicks that you know, sing their asses off, you know what I mean? But it's like, you know, the, the, the big labels and, you know, those type of entities just... Don't even know that. Don't acknowledge it. You know what I mean. Don't acknowledge it. But but they don't acknowledge it because they're they're hating on it. You know, they're like you and I. You know what I mean. Well, yeah. When it happens, we're gonna you know we're gonna be the first ones to jump in it. You know what I mean. Yeah. And if it were to happen, if, if something were to go down tomorrow, of course I'd wanna right see if I could sign that person or yeah. You know. You know what's funny and uh, what I'm mentioning in names in the late nineties. From 96 was when I started working with a lot of Chicano rappers, from Slow Pain to Frost to Little Rob, AOT, Nino Brown, all of those guys, Mellow. And um, there was a guy that I thought was very, very talented, and I won't mention his name, but everybody could tell him, you need to get the guy in the studio before he does his time in the, in, in the pen. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, are you serious? 
And that was a problem with a, a lot of our people, <laughs> if you will, that, hey, hey, homie, I'm going to be out, you know, for like, you know, a couple of months and I got to go back in, you know, and I'm like, how do you expect to hold a career like, you know, or, or I can rap from jail, just play the beat and I'll listen to it. No, we're not going to, you know, and that's part of the problem, trying to mix this gangbanging culture with our rap, you know, or our music. It, it just like you said, the record labels ain't going to fuck with that gangbanging shit. You know? They're not. You know what I mean? You know, I don't have a problem with it. You know what I mean? Right. You know, it's, it's 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 like, you know, it's it's almost like a. Mexican version of NWA, you know what I mean? We, you know, we, you know, all the Chicanos and all the gangbangers, everybody's got a voice, you know, they right. got something to say, you know what I mean? Right. And they're entitled to be able to say right. whatever they want, you know what I mean? But, but it's just, um, you know, the, the, the labels are, you know, they're, if you don't got skinny jeans right now on and, you know, got crazy looking hair or, Tattoos all over your face. Or whatever, you know what I mean? They're just not trying to hear that, you know what I mean? Right. It's like, they're, they're, look, they've just picked up and moved. They, they move with the times, let's put it like yeah. that. You know what I mean? They're about today, what's happening mm -hmm. right now, this second. Right. They ain't trying to, you know, uh, you know, talk about or hear anything else. Okay. Um, for me, I'm going to ask this question for me. What's one thing that you can say that uh, being in, in such a, not only a business relationship, but having a friendship with Jerry that you could say, I learned from, or he taught me, or? You know, you know, he, Jerry was a stand-up guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I got a couple stories that will set the record about who he was, you know what I mean? And, and, and like, you know, legally and like, you know, what, you know, you know, a lot of people don't know that, you know, Jerry was sued by Tamika, you know, when, when Easy died, you know what I mean? And, and the, I really know the outcome of that. It's not something anybody would expect, you know what I mean? Right. You know, and, um, but, you know, Jerry, you know, we, we, were, we were close, man. You know, Jerry would call me fucking every day at 7.30 in the morning, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, you know, we hung out all the fucking time. We were always out having dinner all over the fucking place, you know what I mean? You know, and it's just about getting to know each other kind of, culture you know what i mean right you know you know growing up in the hood you know uh you know anybody that was white was usually the cops or yeah. you know parole or probation or you know so it's you know being around him and his culture you know i just learned a lot you know what i mean just down to everything like you know you know we'd go to the <clears throat> we'd go to like uh this this deli in Beverly Hills called Nate Nels mm -hmm. that that Jerry would love to go to and you know he would go have breakfast there every morning with like Doris Day, you know mm -hmm. and anyway well you know when we first started hanging out and going out and whatnot you know we would just trip on kind of you know not so much what we would eat like you know he'd order you know you know matzo ball soup and you know. You know, we eat menudo, you know what I mean? <laughs> but like for breakfast, you know, he would trip because I would go to those delis and I would order hot dogs and eggs. Wow. You know what I mean? Because I grew up on that, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know? And I wouldn't order toast, I would order tortillas. And Jerry would trip on that, you know what I mean? Because we're in this Jewish deli on the west side and I'm ordering like if my grandma's making me this breakfast, you know what I mean? 
And I would kind of, you know, same thing for him. And he had poached eggs and just a bunch of shit I would never eat, you know what I mean? But, you know, we just learn off each other, you know what I mean? And, right. and, and you know, Jerry was a, you know, he was a stand-up dude, you know what I mean? Just right. like a straight guy, you know what I mean? When, you know, having conversations with Jerry, one thing I really appreciated was there was just not, no bullshit about him, you know, no, you know what I mean? Right. It's like, you know, if you had a conversation, it was... It was a straight up conversation. I mean, Jerry yeah. was a businessman at the end of the day. Yeah. You know I mean, he was a numbers guy. You know I mean, you know, and how 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 they did business amongst each other. And you know, let's say I beat you in a business deal, or you beat me. How they interact and how they resolve that and how they see that is just business. You and I would want to kill each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh man, Tony got me, or I got him, and not with them, man. It's just business at the end of the day. Nothing personal. You know, and I think if you know, the moment that we're talking about kind of, you know, yeah. saw that and realized that, you know what I mean? Just all that little helps, you know what I mean? All that yeah. knowledge helps. And, you know, you got to know the business at the end of the day. You know what absolutely, I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, any memorable talker story that you Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got a thousand of them, you know what I mean? But I'll never forget one time. We were at his mom's house in Huntington Park. And it was like Monday night football or something, you know. And we were, his, you know, was, we were all in the living room. His whole family was in the living room. It was about fucking 15 of us, you know what I mean? His whole family was in the living room. And it was me and him. We were all on the couches and everything. And we're all sitting down and we're watching Monday night football, you know what I mean? And it was the Cleveland Browns against, I don't know who it was, you know. <laughs> but Toker, was the only one that knew uh -huh. that I had just took a tab of acid. Oh shit! Like about an hour prior to sitting down watching this game, you know what I mean? Right. So I'm sitting on the couch and he's sitting next to me and it's his mom and his dad. Everybody's there, right? You know what I mean? And I'm, you know, I'm starting to peak. You know what I mean? And you know, this was, you know, this is a long time ago. You know, so I'm sitting on the couch and I'm starting to peak. And I'm like, I'm, in my mind, I'm like, man, you know, any little thing is going to just set me off and I'm going to just start busting up. I'm like praying that like, you know, that, like nothing happened. You know what I mean? Let me just be cool. You know, I don't want no one to know I'm frying my ass off right now. You know what right. I mean? So boom, I just it hit me. You know what I mean? So I'm like sitting there and I'm like, so I look at the TV and it went into a commercial and all of a sudden they just took a quick glimpse of a fan, uh, a Cleveland Browns fan with a with a bear like face mask on with a helmet and he went like this real quick and oh my god i seen that and for those that ever been on acid you know what happened after that you know i couldn't stop laughing i laughed and laughed and laughed i laughed and laughed and laughed it was it was crazy right i'm tearing so <laughs> toker's parents like you know they, they look at me and they're like you know get right you know you know you know what the fuck's up with pablito and Toker just looks and says, ah, está bien ácido. And all of a sudden, when they said that, oh, they all start laughing. You know, because he told them that I was frying, you know what right. I mean? Right. So here we are, there's like 20 of us laughing at the top of our lungs for like an hour. And, you know, it was just, it was just hilarious. I'll never forget that. I mean, oh, man, it was so funny. You know, he was wow. crazy. He was a good guy, man. You know what I mean? I got stories for days about that guy. You know what I mean? You know, as a matter of fact, um, you know, I have... Um, I have the rights to his life story. 
Really? Oh yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of people don't know this. You know what I mean? Me, yeah. You know, you know, a lot of stuff happened with Brownside like after the first record, and you know, we went to jail and whatnot when it came out, and you know, so you know, he kind of did his own thing. And, you know, after he came out and all those records that came out after that, you know, he was doing his own thing and whatnot, you know, but, but, um, yeah, when he first came out of jail, the very, 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 very first, first time, you know, we were, we were in Rosarito Beach and, uh, I told him, I said, Hey man, you know, you got, you know, you know I knew his whole story. I said, man, right. you got a hell of a fucking story. I told him, I says, you know, we need to, we need to, you know, we need to bring this out. You know what I mean? So, um, we, you know, Jerry drew up a contract and, you know, I, I, you know, I got a, con I got a, I got a, you know, we made a deal, you know what I mean? To do a, you know, life story with the music and everything, you wow. know what I mean? So, um, so I guess time went by and whatnot. So I started like, you know, trying to shop his situation and this and that and whatnot, you know? So, um, through this lawyer I knew in Miami, he connected me with this, I don't know if you know this movie that came out. Sylvester Stallone was like his, I want to think, I believe it was like his first movie or something. It's called Lords of Flatbush. Of course, yes. Well, the, the guy that wrote that, I sat down with him and I sat down with the guy by the name of Joe Zwick that was, that did all the major production for all the TV shows like in the 80s from Laverne and Shirley to yes. Mork and Mindy, did all of them, you know what I mean? Right. So here I am at this deli with, him and the guy that wrote the Lords of Flatbush, and that was a big deal to me because right. I saw that movie as a kid. Of you know, that was a big, that's a classic movie. You know I mean? So I'm there tripping out, and I'm talking to these two dudes about the brown side. You know what I mean? Wow. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you the truth. You know, to make a long story short, you know, I was getting three million dollars for it. You know what I mean? And and you said three or thirty? Three. Okay. And you know, Toker, you know, turned it down. Really? That's a whole other um, interview, but okay. but you know what I mean. It's like, you know, I, I I went out there and made it happen. You know what I mean? Wow. And look who I had sitting at the table with me. You know what I mean? I know the, the guy that wrote Lords of Flatbush was going to write this story. You know what I mean? And they were they, they they were blown away by this story. Wow. You know what I mean? And you know what? Lord's Flatbush also had Henry Winkler, the font. Yeah. It was in oh, it. Oh, yeah. Probably a couple other ones that we were not even yeah. mentioning. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so. awesome. Uh, wow. Well, you know what? Hopefully, um, I know we were talking during the break when we're done with this Chicano rap documentary that we're going to do. We're going to do, actually, we've already considered it. We're going to do episode one, episode two. But it's just too much of a story to cover in one, you know. <laughs> and, uh, of course, I want to interview you, you know. And I hope you bless us with that opportunity. Man, whatever you need from me, Tom, consider it done, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. And uh, because, once again, I want to shine light on our people. And I just wish that a lot of this negativity towards ourselves would stop. I mean, this might be perfect time timing for this. You know what I mean? There's a lot of companies that I know out there right now um, that are really looking for content. You know what I mean? Like, like right now, the Latin numbers are the are you know some of the biggest numbers all across the board right now. Yeah. Like I was saying earlier, you know, there's a movement out there in the street right now that's that's big, and 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 the numbers are just phenomenal. You know what I mean? And it's right. called um, uh, corridos tumbados. Mm. 
Those numbers are in the millions and millions and millions. You know what I mean? It's right. it's not even funny. You know what I mean? Right. What that whole moment's doing, and um, it's 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 you know it's going to be here for a while. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it's just it's it's big. You know. Awesome. So that's what I'm been listening to all day long. You know, it's the only <laughs> thing I listen to right now. Awesome, awesome. You know, you know, it's funny. Um, I I should have met you in the nineties when Jerry would tell me about you, but I'm yeah, for sure. And you say timing is everything. Uh, the timing possibly could be right. I meet you now. Uh, I'm just very thankful and very blessed to have you here. No, likewise, Tony. You know, you know, I I, I came with my boy Magoo, and um, he said he was doing the show with you, and I said, man, you know, Tony's a, Tony's a you know, he's a vet, and you know, just. Go give them all you got. You know what I mean? Thank you, man. Thank you. I truly appreciate that. Uh, by the way, I'm wearing um, Magoo's active. That's right. Active yeah. airbrushing. That's yes. right. Shout I'm out active. to my boy Magoo. Yeah. Latin active. So, That's right. So other than that, um, is there anything that I should have asked you, brother? Anything that I should have brought up? Any, it doesn't matter. Anything. It doesn't matter. We've gone over time. It doesn't matter. People are still on. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Um, I mean, it's, it's entirely up to you. And I mean, it's... Uh, you know, uh, you, you know, you know. Okay, this man knew Easy E. This man knew Toker. This man knew uh, Jerry Heller. This man still knows Tony G, Julio G. Pretty much everybody in the industry. This man is making moves, and uh, this man actually even knew Johnny J. Jerry and I were gonna form a label with Johnny J. Yeah, you know. You see, when 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 we closed down Hitalik, um. I was like, you know what? You know, I was determined to hop back in it somehow. Mm -hmm. I was just like, nah, I can't let this, you know, kick my ass like this. I got to shake myself off and get back in it. So I let a year go by and I met with Jerry at Monty's. <laughs> he took me there. Yeah, I met <laughs> with Jerry at Monty's and um, I told him I want to start another label. I want to call it Street Life. I want him to be 50-50 partners. And he reached over and shook my hand and we were off to the races. You know, yeah. so we had street life, um, you know, for quite some time and till basically to his passing, you know. Right, right. And uh, Johnny J was a part of that? Well, Johnny J, we met Johnny um, and we're gonna form a label with him. You know, right. it was he had clockwork entertainment at the time. Right. So we were going to do a street life clockwork venture and MTV had this show called Sweet 16, MTV Sweet 16. Yes. And Easy's daughter, EB, was on the show and she was hot at the time. So we were going to do a record with her. You know what I mean? We were going to, you know, we were going to do get her in there with Johnny and, and um, you know, do a record with her. And that was going to be like one of our first projects, you know. But like that was a whole this that was a whole other that would be a whole other interview what happened with that you know, right. but anyway so we were you know that ended up not working out and uh, for certain reasons and then you know Johnny passed not too long after that yeah oh man it, see this was a hard one I'll tell you why because uh, a month before Johnny turned himself in to do his time uh, we uh, he contacted me. And it, it was kind of funny because I met him when um, audio treatments here in the city of Torrance, where he was doing Candyman. 
Uh, he was on some independent bronze label, and the side B was Knocking Boots. And I remember I told him, that's your song. Even the engineer, uh, uh, Donovan Smith, the engineer of the Audio Achievement Studio, said, that's your hit song. Well, they eventually uh, got signed to Capitol. That became the, the hit song, Knocking yeah, Boots. Oh, yeah. So um, I hadn't talked to him, like, since then. And somehow we had bumped into each other. We exchanged numbers. I didn't ever expect him to call me, yeah. but he calls me up. And he tells me, Tone, how you doing, man? And I'm like, oh, shit, what the fuck? What's, what's up, man? He goes, remember me? I go, yeah, I fucking remember you, dude. How the fuck you been? So we were chopping it up, and then he just tells me, um, I'm going to go to jail for a little bit. Then when I come back, he says, I got about 80 Tupac songs. He said, I'm pretty much, I'm in cahoots. Oh, my God. He said, with uh, Tupac's mom, he says, uh, by the way, I never got paid for all the shit that I did for Tupac. And by the way, at least in my opinion, on that All Lies On Me album, that he that uh, all the hits that were on that album were produced by Johnny J. Yeah, okay? yeah. By, by a Mexican guy. Yeah. Okay. All the hits. Okay. So uh, I have to give credit where credit is due. So I said, uh, so what do you want from me? He goes, well, I'm going to need production because I have a bunch of songs. Are you willing to work? And I said, yeah. I said, so when are you going to get out? He goes, I'm going to be out in a couple of months. And I said, all right, cool, man. I said, well, you got my number. Hit me up. I was excited. I turned on my SP-1200, my drum machine, you know, old school, and I'm ready to go. <laughs> and, and it's funny, man. I go, I go to breakfast a couple of months later, and I'm with, I, I believe, my, my homie. And I just started looking through it, and then I saw a small little part in the newspaper that he had committed suicide. Man, it fucked me up for a long time. Dude. You know what, Tony? It's like when I first started going over there with Jerry, um, he had this shrine of Pac. He had a shrine of Pac and Easy, you know, it was very serious, you know, it was dope, you know. But, um, you know, I went over there and it's like, he started busting out these Pac songs. My gosh. Yeah. He, this one I'll never forget, it was a song he did with Big Daddy Kane for Death Row East. I mean, that song would bring back the West tomorrow. Wow. Literally, you know, and I begged him for it. I'm like, man, let me, let me, you know, it's like, nah. I mean, he had he had Pac songs for days. Yeah, days, days, days. Yeah. You know. Now I wonder if we'll ever hear any of that stuff because Pac's mom's passed. Uh, Johnny J, rest in peace. You know. So, it, it, now I, I know he didn't need my production. Maybe I was one of many that he called. I get it, but I was just happy to be on board. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I, if I had to guess, you're the one he called. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, J Johnny knew his shit, you know what I mean? Johnny was dope, you know, his production was sick, you know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, and and like you said, you know, he made some of Pac's biggest hits, you know what I mean? Uh, um, I want to share something that you probably have never heard, okay? And um, I'm working out at 24-Hour uh, Fitness in the city of Carson. And uh, I'm working out next to this Moreno, okay? Uh, me and my son are hitting incline and... Um, they're playing, um, uh, I see the same hoes. <laughs> and I told my son, that's Johnny J. I was a Mexican guy to produce that shit. That's what I said. That's and right. my son goes, really? So I'm schooling him on Johnny J. I'm telling him the story. This Moreno comes up to me, goes, ¿Tú conociste Johnny J? And I was surprised that he talked to me in Spanish. Spanish. And he said that he was half, uh, I guess, well, he was from Belize. But he spoke fluent Spanish. He goes, yeah, I work at the county jail. He said, whenever you get a chance, I want to chop it up with you. And I said, oh, okay, cool. We went downstairs because it's upstairs and downstairs at this gym. And uh, make a long story short, I would never give his name because he told me, please don't ever do that. 
because he still works there. Deputy at the county jail here. And uh, he's the one that made Johnny J a trustee. And Johnny J committed suicide in front of him. I, well, the story goes that I guess he jumped off a tear. Yeah, a uh, sick story. Ooh. Yeah. And he showed me how he did it and everything, bro. Let me tell you something. It really fucked me up. I don't know why, man. You know, yeah. I, I, I never saw any type of sign in Johnny that would, you know, even raise an eyebrow suspicion that he would even do anything like that. And know? he said the same thing. I, really? You know what I mean? You know, yeah. he, you know, he. You know, him and his wife, you know, they were just inseparable. You know, they had, he had, you know, a couple of good, cool, really nice kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everything was good. You know, he was talking about that he was about to re-up his publishing deal, which was going to be a good thing because yeah. of the kind of publishing he had. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So things were, in my eyes, were just good all the way around for him. Yeah. He had told me the only thing that he saw different about him, he said, because he was a real, like, a guy that really kept himself up, he would shave, he would shave his mustache, whatever. But he said like weeks leading up to that, he noticed that he wasn't shaving anymore. He wasn't getting his hair cut. He wasn't trimming, you know, the back of it. Yeah. He goes, I noticed a little bit something different. He said, and then when he, when I saw him hop over the railing and he hanged on, he goes, and he looked at me. He goes, and then he just closed his eyes and he just let himself go backwards. And, uh, that really fucked me up. I mean, him. you know, Jerry and I, we, you know, we went to the funeral. It was, it was, it was sad, you know? He was there. It was sad. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, I'm sorry to bend the mood right now. No, it's all good. It's all but good. But you know what? I just wanted to remember him. Yeah, no, Johnny was a good guy, man. And, and we were looking forward to that joint venture. And you know what I mean? And, and you know, I mean, come on, who wouldn't want to have, you know, Johnny J at the helm of your production for your company? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So at this time, Pablito, I would love to have you back. Uh, we could chop it up. Even if it's just a fucking barbecue. <laughs> no, homie, it's you know all what good, I'm man. It's all good. Tony, like I said, whatever you need from me, consider it done, man. Thank you, brother. I'm with you 100%. Uh, anything you want to um, shout out? Anybody you want to say what's up to? Um, first of all, I want to give you this this book, Jerry's uh, Thank you. memoir. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You know, I told you I'd bring that, you know. Awesome. Um, you can stand it right here with all your cool memorabilia and whatnot but right, um i'm gonna put it right here um shout out some um, anybody you want to just say uh, you know you know my business partners patrick hughes harvey russell everyone else at foundation media um my boy magoo uh my boy maito and uh, i want to thank you man first and foremost for having me and and just doing what you do man for thank you know for the culture and the people and keeping Rhodium Radio alive, you know? Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Greatly appreciate it. Um, other than that, uh, first of all, let me go ahead and thank this man right here because uh, I truly appreciate him giving me the opportunity to allow me to interview him because I know you don't do a lot of these. No, it's not that I think, you know, I'm this or that. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, I'm just kind of a private person. You know what I mean? And, I get it. And, you know, but, you know, if, you know, people like you, you know, come around and whatnot, you know, I'll, I'll come around, you know, it's all good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, other than that, um, I got to give my shout outs and give credit where credit is due. <laughs> so, uh, John motherfucking Elkins. 
what else can I say about this man? This is a man that absolutely needs no introduction. Uh, you can go on johnmotherfuckingelkins.com and you can download nude pictures of him. Uh, just playing. So all you guys out there, um, I'm just playing. But anyways, he's going to be holding his uh, first annual uh, twerking mail contest. So you guys can go on his website and uh, sign up. So if you're interested in twerking on emails, uh, he'll sign you up. So other than that, is glitter, uh, 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 stripper glitter's coming out soon. Uh, ain't no bleach is already out. It's fucking booming. Get it because it's gonna sell out quick. Um, other than that, his women nail polish has scented uh, women uh, wax. Uh, he also waxes men too. So if you want to set up an appointment once again, and it, believe me, it's a pretty penny. Okay, it's no, not no. cheap. Okay, no. <laughs> okay. Other than that, his love potion. That's his new one. Love potion. Love potion oh, my 10. God. Yeah. Love potion number 10. All you got to do is sprinkle like a quarter size on your hand, rub it all over yourself, and you're guaranteed to find love in all the wrong places. So, other than that, my brother, Ruben Spice Smuggler, he's got dick pumps coming in, uh, uh, refurbished. Uh, they're slightly used, but don't worry about it. They're sticky. Just wash them off. Other than that, um, DG Daniel Media Clips. Um, for all the pictures, for helping me and everything. Uh, once again, let me go ahead and give a plug to the Chicano Rap Documentary uh, Donate. Look, it, I need about, if I got about 18,000 subscribers. If 5,000 people just gave $1, just $1, we'll, we'll get started on this documentary next month. So uh, I need your help. If you don't want to give, just don't talk shit. If you give, believe me, you'll be blessed because we're going to work our asses off. We've actually already started working on some of the music. So other than that, um, if there's anybody, oh, and my son, uh, be scandalous for helping me promote this. And everybody that came here, OG Magoo, my boy, AI, andale mami, AI, AI, So, and once again, Pablito's in the motherfucking building. And uh, you know what, Raza? Stand up. It's time. I, I, I'm, and I got one more shout out I forgot. I mean, she'll kill me for this. I'm going to give a shout out to Pac in Odessa, Texas. You can go to sleep now, Pac. Yes. Once again, Rasa, stand up. That's how we're going to end, okay? Uh, and I'm about to go loot my refrigerator because I'm fucking hungry. <laughs> so we'll talk to you guys later. Stay blessed. Wednesday, I have a Chicano actor coming in. Chicano actor. You need support. All right, we're out.